What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Jordan. And this is Desmond. And welcome to the 200th episode mm. of Two Black Nerds. That's right. It's that time once again for us to bring you our opinions and hot takes on all things fandom, pop culture, and entertainment. As always, you can find Two Black Nerds wherever you get your podcasts. Please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a friendly rating and comment to show your support. And of course, join in on the conversation each and every week by following us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Two Black Nerds. We appreciate that. Love y'all. And let's not forget to mention we have merchandise that's available now at TwoBlackNerds.com. Go check out our Two Black Jedi and Sith collections inspired by Star Wars. We got t-shirts, crew necks, hoodies, stickers, mugs, and tote bags. So go ahead and place those orders right now. On today's show, we'll be addressing the state of the biggest franchise in Hollywood, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We've outlined some key challenges that the MCU has faced over the last few years in the wake of completing one of the most impressive runs in cinematic history with the Infinity Saga. Plus, we've invited a number of special guests to help us break down and dissect the perception of where the franchise is today and where it may end up in the future. But before we get to any and all of that, we're kicking off part one of our 200th episode celebration with a brief discussion about getting to 200 we did it man 200 (laughs) episodes of two black nerds it's a celebration in here wow and it's also our four-year anniversary as a podcast if you're listening to this when it drops we've been doing this thing for four years it's crazy 200 episodes it's just an all-around big celebration a reason to come back together we know we've been off for a while but we wanted to make sure that our 200th episode was going to feel special for y'all, that it was going to be something different, mm-hmm. and that we were going to do it big and appropriate in the way that we envisioned it to be. But man, I just got to start off here and ask you, man, 200 episodes, four years of two black nerds, like, how does this feel right now? How are you feeling just about the trajectory of where we've taken this podcast over the course of four years, and how does it feel to finally make it to 200? Man, talk about blessed, man. I think... The, the the longevity I think of our podcast um, um, first and foremost definitely speaks to our friendship you know who we are um, as, as as best friends and brothers man it really I couldn't imagine <laughs> doing it with somebody else to be honest and we, we somebody else we would have stopped in episode three you know what I'm saying like <laughs> what can't do this anymore no but because you know of, 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 of uh, how I, how we are you know together as a unit definitely got us this far man to four years and i wouldn't have it any other way but again blessed to be here it's so crazy like four years is a long time i literally just typed in the like we've survived a leap year right like every four years is a leap year like man 1460 days is four years um and it is in some ways you blink and it's like dang we really here in other ways it's like no we do feel it because we are um, we have been here, you know, a long t- if you, you go through all 200 episodes, those descriptions, those those titles we've talked about a lot. There's a lot of movies, a lot of video games, a lot of TV shows, a lot of topics. It's not even always 
those things, man. But we really, uh, uh, I think, attempted to do our best to stay um, at the forefront of this fandom and pop culture thing, man. And and, and it's something that I can tell that um, uh, we both love to do, but I really do enjoy doing um, when, when we have the capacity to do so, man. And so, yeah, man, just happy to be here. It feels really good. And I, I, I really, I'm, I'm not surprised, but I'm definitely still taken aback by how long it's been um, since we've been doing this. So, yeah. I mean, that's incredibly well said. I think, you know, just over the past like few weeks and thinking about this, like knowing that it was on the horizon, we've we've obviously known we pay attention to the episode count. And it's it's been, you know, sort of that monkey on my back for a while. Like, man, what what does this even mean? Like, what does 200 mean? Like, what are we going to do? How are we going to celebrate? And we've we've talked a lot and had a lot of ideas as we always do, but to, to finally like make it here and to, to reach this milestone. I know for some people it might not be that significant, but you know, for something that we're doing just out of the pure love of it, to do it 200 times in reality, to do it more than that, but to like do it 200 official times, <laughs> no, you know, we're key. coming on wax and like actually like putting down our thoughts and reactions to things. That's crazy. That's, mm-hmm. that's a lot, you know, and to do it for four years and to be mostly consistent across the board, I got to say, man, I'm incredibly proud of us and for us to be able to do that and to come together. And as you said, that friendship is really the reason as to why we can continue to do this and to continue to come back to it because we have so many things in common, because we would naturally be doing a lot of this anyway, because we're taking these trips to the movies and we're watching things at the same time. I mean, if if that wasn't happening, then Mm -hmm. there wouldn't be really a reason to stick around and to do this And, and to also really have that 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 fan connection and that human connection with the people that listen to us and, and mm. the people that support us and yeah. constantly give us those affirmations to say like I enjoy what y'all do and and, and we listen mm-hmm. to hear what y'all have to say. I mean, sometimes doing a podcast, y'all don't understand it, it could be it could be kind of challenging to where it's like, yeah, we're talking to each other and that that's good enough, but you also want to know and feel what other people think and how they're mm-hmm. reacting to things. And we don't always get that. Absolutely. Um, but I think, you know, due to the success of seeing things like really, really do well for us on social media, that's been a great outlet too to just like get that real time feedback from people. And mm-hmm. maybe if they didn't tap into an episode, they got a quick clip of us, you know, reacting to something. And they're like, oh, yo, I got to go hear y'all full thoughts. Like if y'all talking like <laughs> this, like let me go listen to the episode. Yeah. So that 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 gratification, I do I do want to point that out, that that is something that we feed off of, you know, hearing from you guys, hearing from your thoughts and just that positive feedback that, that anybody ever gives to us and, and the support there. It, it's always a really, really tremendous thing. But man, 200 episodes, as you said, covers a lot of ground. Ooh. That that is that is a lot of movies. And I it hit me once I started realizing that we were starting to like circle back on certain things. Like we were starting to hit sequels in certain franchises. <laughs> certain filmmakers started putting out multiple movies. And I'm like, damn, we reviewed that movie that they just previously mm-hmm. did. That's how I knew. I'm like, okay, this is like going and going. But man, like what what stands out to you in terms of like things that we've talked about? I, I know mm. we've done this in the past, this sort of exercise, like talking about our favorite episodes, but maybe even more specifically, like certain topics, certain mm. certain conversations that we've had. Cause as you said, we're not always just reviewing movies. Sometimes we're talking about, you know, bigger subjects just happening in Hollywood and in pop culture, you know, that we yeah. just kind of want to wax poetic about for a few minutes and get our thoughts off. So are there any conversations or any things that we've discussed, you know, over the course of these four years and 200 episodes that really sticks out to you as like just a great conversation, something that you just kind of walked away from thinking like, man, we really we really got down to the nitty gritty of that. Um, I just like when we talk about concepts, man. Uh, of course, I love our movie reviews and everything we do there. But when we talk about just a big idea that it feels like maybe other people might be talking about for sure, but that we can actually get down and break down and get it to the nitty gritty. A lot of times those are my favorite conversations. 
um, even, even recently, us getting into the, the the strikes, man, that was that's a very important stuff. I think we talked about there and what that meant um, for for movies coming up, just things like that, man. Or when we talked about, um, it's funny. A lot of times we do end up talking about something else, <laughs> and it does end up being a, a concept conversation. Um, but but really, man, it could be it could be the state of things. It could be the way movies don't feel the way they used to. It could be the way we talked about Barbenheimer and how Barbenheimer, how it came to marketing and things. I don't know, man. A, a lot of times those are the, my, my favorite things that we talk about because I, th- I think it does expand beyond a week to week, right? Somebody can pull up that our, add that podcast to history of like, this is a moment in time that we captured because we talked about it. I like when we can do stuff like that as well. So that's, that's kind of, you know, not, not necessarily one thing, but the idea of when we talk about certain concepts is like a lot of times my favorite things that we ingest into the podcast. Yeah. I, I'd have to agree. I mean, a lot of those ongoing things too, like the stories that develop and develop and like, it, it becomes kind of a game of like, well, when do we talk about this? Like, should we wait until we get more information or should we just like address it now because this is like a bombshell and then things obviously change and evolve and grow and we come back and revisit them. I love like just having the opportunity to sort of thread that needle between many different things. And I do I do want to point out too, you know, recently what we've done with certain movies. I think I think I think what's important about a podcast and and I'm sure you can relate to this is like it's always a lot more fun to get on and talk about things that we love as opposed to things that we don't love. You know, Um, (laughs) those conversations sometimes can be kind of fun, you know, to maybe poke fun at certain things and be critical and and really think about things um, and and dive deep. But I know we're having our best times when we are like just kind of getting on here and just having a really, really joyful conversation because something felt so good or delivered upon what we hoped Mm -hmm. it would, or maybe even exceeded expectations And so those opportunities to dive into certain movies on a deeper level, non-comic book movies specifically, because we tried to do that more lately. Like when John Wick Chapter 4 came out earlier this year, we was ready. I couldn't wait. (laughs) I'm like, oh, my God, everything with this movie. I just want to talk about it and talk about it. There's so much to get to or Mission Impossible or what happened Mm -hmm. with Barbenheimer, like these really, really big moments that I think are worth celebrating and worth having those conversations about because movies in particular do have that place in pop culture to where at certain points in times, if they're good enough and if they're impactful enough, they can kind of stop the world and everybody can kind of focus on that thing at one time. And like, we have to have a conversation about it. But, you know, in in addition to what you said too, man, I do think that talking about some of these more um, high level things that happen in the industry that happen within pop culture, you know, that impact what we see on screen, you know, the things that happen behind the scenes, the business decisions, the, the cultural influences like that stuff. I I would, I would certainly, I would certainly align with what you said there, that, that, that is a really, really sort of fruitful, I think Mm -hmm. sort of exercise that we like to undergo as well. But we have a very, very special two part celebration for you guys with the 200 200th celebration of two black nerds again we 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 had to do a big and and we've been off for for a few weeks here for a lot of different reasons i mean i know i've been i've been dealing with some stuff i know you've been really busy we we both were dealing with (laughs) a lot of things outside of this and also in addition to that it was important to come up with a 200th episode that that felt worthy of that number that felt worthy of a celebration and so sometimes you know we'll we'll take off a little bit of time to to just make things align better and and because of Mm -hmm. just the scope of this episode we had to map it out over the course of, of a couple of different weeks because this is something that we've never done before and it takes a lot of coordination. And what we wanted to do was to bring on numerous special guests to talk about a very specific topic 
that I mentioned at the top of the episode, and that's the state of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, obviously, on the pod, we've talked about the MCU many, many times. I mean, practically every time a new movie comes out or new news breaks, you and I are discussing it. But we wanted to provide an opportunity and a platform for other people that we're closely connected to, friends, other podcasts, colleagues, people that we've been on their show that we wanted to bring on our show to just have a, a bigger conversation about the state of the MCU, some of the challenges, some of the pitfalls, all the different angles that the MCU today has sort of dealt with just the transition post game and what that might look like for the future. And so we're breaking down this conversation into eight different parts. We've identified eight specific challenges with the MCU it ranges from everything from the behind the scenes drama that's happened over the course of the past year to the transition to streaming and Disney mm-hmm. Plus with the advent of television shows to even things more specific like the tone and the style of certain projects or the lack of central characters like a lack of an Avengers team. I mean, we really dive into everything about the MCU and we have a litany of special guests that will break down all of that great stuff with us but before we you know officially toss to all of those conversations here man just kind of want to get you know sort of a a test a litmus test from you and sort of a reaction about you know just undergoing this exercise you know really just Mm -hmm. taking the mcu this franchise and this property that we love so much and just after having all these conversations because we've done them all you know just spoiler alert we've had all these conversations (laughs) now and we've gotten to talk to a lot of people a lot of people that we're very close with i mean what what do you feel about you know sort of examining this franchise on this level at this point in time now especially coming off of what I would say is a pretty disappointing series for us with Secret Invasion, which is something that I think kind of necess- necessitated this conversation mm-hmm. as well, but also realizing that there are things to be excited about on the horizon. What what did you sort of take away from having all these conversations with with all these special guests? It's it's funny because our very first episode is definitely a DC property <laughs> in, in Joker. And now here we are on the anniversary talking about Marvel. But in general, Marvel has made up majority of our most listened to episodes right like uh black panther wakanda forever is literally our most listened to episode doctor strange is right under that been our second most listened to episode no way home is like number four love and thunder for whatever reason is in the top 10 they probably wanted us to was excited for us to tear that movie apart or whatever we did to that but we didn't really t- we were just disappointed we were really like tearing right. it apart we were just like dang that's what, that's what we're pretty we kind to it in, in retrospect we were actually kind. kind of like easy going like, on that movie yeah if we re-recorded that movie i might have some other things to say <laughs> a lot to you. Uh, yeah. but it, it, it is cool to for people i think to buy into something that we do talk about a lot and that we do absolutely share a love for across me and you of course but across uh of, of course also all of these other people that we brought onto the podcast and it really does feel like really just a hodgepodge of love man like people being like yeah of course we'll come on and and, and talk to you about some mcu things but what's so interesting is the people that you know we invited on and who's we've been on their show or uh they've been on our show uh they, all of these things are mcu central right like technically our podcast isn't called like the two black marvel nerds like we talk about other things that aren't marvel properties as well as the other people that are coming into our show aren't only talking about marvel things and so i think it's really interesting that marvel to a a a decent extent has some sort of a thread right in a lot of our lives that a lot of us can connect to uh because you think about the year 2008 a lot of people wouldn't be able to say that you know what i'm saying like oh do you know what marvel is i mean i do but i don't know anything about it only people they knew some of the spider-man movies some x-man stuff but now we have this whole universe this whole saga plus more of content um to talk about and discuss with people man and not only that again it, it really is the the love part for other people to say yes we rock with y'all <laughs> y'all were on our show so they could have said mm, 
I don't like two black nerds. Nah, we we won't come on to your show because I don't like what you said on our show or things like that. You know what I mean? It really is this 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 pot of respect. I think that I appreciate for 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 uh, people coming on onto on our show, man, and, and giving us um, their thoughts on whatever topic that we brought up to them. So yeah, overall, man, it just feels like love, and it feels like I just love that we could build uh, uh, our own community right around two black nerds. Because to me, that's the that's the essence of an anniversary. People can come around and say, yeah, y'all did that. And, and that's what this feels like. No, 100%. I mean, everybody that we reached out to were, were pretty much, I, I would just say, automatic yeses. You know, everybody was very, very excited to participate in this, which was a pleasant surprise to know that people were, were so willing and so generous with their time. Because, you know, these things take time. And again, a lot of coordination. But you know, in examining the MCU, it is something that is obviously so near and dear to us. And we talk about it frequently, as you said, our most listened to episodes are majority made up of Marvel movies specifically in which we review them. And so this is obviously a franchise. And I think it's important to say this is a franchise that we simultaneously love, but can still be critical of. And this is like really, I think, our first true focused critical eye on the MCU, a lot of times we are praising it, we are adoring it from afar. We'll be critical within within the specifics of things as we're talking about all the corners and angles of a specific movie. But I think we wanted to take a step back in coinciding with this 200th anniversary, or excuse me, this 200th episode, this four year anniversary, to just kind of be a little bit more critical and a little bit more um, a little bit more keen about where things stand with something that we know is very important to us, but also very important to our listeners who come back so often to hear our thoughts on these many, many movies that they put out. So it was a very, very fun and and I think a good exercise in examining a franchise and just the current state of it, where it could potentially go, especially now, so many things are changing. Like the industry is just in such flux, like outside of the strikes, before the strikes happened, like, I mean, we were just constantly questioning like, well, what is a successful movie anymore? Like, we don't even know. Like, we'll get to it in part two. We're going to recap our box office results and our summer movie draft. And (laughs) things went completely the opposite way that I think we expected them to. Because you really just don't know anymore. And, And with the franchise like Marvel that has been so proven and been so successful time and time again, they're now also in a place of being uncomfortable where mm-hmm. it's not as certain as it used to be. And I think that that's a good thing. I think that that's a healthy yeah. thing that'll ultimately lend itself to the longevity of the franchise. And so it's a good place to sort of take this moment in time right now in coinciding with our 200th episode and four-year anniversary to also examine you know, the franchise that we pretty much consume the most and talk about the most on this show. And so we definitely want to do that and pay homage to that. But we have a litany of very special guests that have joined us on this episode in particular. We're joined by the fellows of the Star Wars podcast. We also got the Black Gate comic geek himself, Michael Simeon. Brian knows movies. Brian K. Williams also joined yeah. us on this episode to talk about the MCU. And then last but not least, on part one, we're joined by Two Dudes Watch Cartoons, a very, very high-quality podcast. We're so excited to get into all those conversations. And then look out for part two as well. You can find that in your podcast feeds. We have Fantastic Frankie joining us. We also got the fellows from Unqualified Heroes. We also got two close friends of ours, Sean Clemens and DeAnthony Williams, who are also behind a new film that we talk about, but also talk about the MCU with us. And then last but certainly not least, we're joined by a collective known as The Boys, our close, close friends, Kevin, Jarrell, Tony, who help us round out the conversation. So definitely tune into part two as well as after you finish part one. But we're going to go ahead and toss to all of those different conversations. So stick around, enjoy the talk and the discussion and all of the deep dives into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And we'll see you all on the other side.
All right, we are here today to talk about the state of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and we have some very, very special guests joining us to help us break down this conversation. We are joined today by both Michael and Tommy, representing the Stark Wars podcast. How you guys doing today? Doing great. Really glad to be here. I think Tommy and I have like con uh, conflicted, uh, conflicting uh, opinions on a lot of different things, but we both realize there's a lot to be fixed in the MCU, so uh, happy to be here. Yeah, the, the tragic uh, way the MCU is going right now is really unified, me and Michael. It's the one thing we probably could agree on most of the time. Absolutely. No, there's plenty to talk about for sure. They, they've definitely been on a rocky road, but we, we definitely want to examine this conversation from a few different angles to really dive into like what's going on with the MCU, because I think it's been about three years now that people have been watching and sitting back and saying like, Ah, this doesn't feel like the old Marvel that we were getting for such a long time. And, and so now, you know, we want to really dive in and focus on within this particular conversation, the multiverse and the choice to have these next three phases focus on this multiverse saga. And, and I think coming into this, we, we were sort of expecting this to be the route off of what we saw in Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. They obviously play with a lot of time travel and the quantum realm. So it felt like that they were going to multiverse stuff. And we know the the, the history in the comics with Secret Wars. And then it, it became a reality. And so, you know, I just kind of want to, you know, start and get a temperature check from everybody. Like, if you just had to distill it down in like, I don't know, five, six words. What are your feelings towards the MCU as a whole right now? And let's start with our guests. Tommy, I want to start with you. If you just had to pick like a quick statement on your feelings towards the MCU, what would it be? I hate it. Goodness. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I feel like they went down a path I would not have chosen. Mm, okay, okay. I was going to ask you to explain that. So I'm glad, I'm glad you said that. Um, Tommy, what about you? Or so, sorry, Michael, what about you? Yeah. Um, listen, I feel like for the most part, I found myself defending uh, this most recent phase a lot because there was a lot of things that I was liking and a lot of it had to do with the multiverse stuff. You know, No Way Home. I liked Multiverse of Madness. Like a lot of this stuff kind of worked for me. Um, I think where we really get into trouble is when it all starts to come together because the the story we're getting from one movie doesn't necessarily translate to the story we're getting in another TV show. So I think that's where my biggest issue comes from. For sure, Des. Um, I know we've talked about this a ton, but if you had to distill it down into just like a quick sentence about your feelings, what what would they be? Um, uh, man, it's 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 hard to say. Ball of confusion <laughs> is a is I think is a good sentence. Um, but also, uh, uh, you know, the journey's not over. I think is another sentence I'll throw out there. The journey is not over. So those are my two sentences. So let, let's talk about the multiverse as, as a choice, as, as a device that they have decided to really implement most of these um, most of these films and TV shows. Obviously, things have exploded with just the amount of new programming that we get. They have a ton of TV shows, a ton of movies that come out each year. But the multiverse is supposed to be the overarching story beat, you know, similar to the Infinity Stones. Right. But I, I think that it, it's presented a lot of challenges because there are a couple of things that you have to take into account. The fact that you are introducing parallel universes and, you know, in, in doing so, you might run the risk of introducing characters that the audience might not care about because these are versions that we haven't spent time with or just the nature that because there are so many multiverse stories, things might feel somewhat convoluted. So so how do you feel about the multiverse as like the actual device to get us from project to project? Michael, let's start with you. Yeah, uh, to be honest, when I when there were like, you know, those those rumors coming out that the, this is where we were going, I was very upset. Like I because I think my issue with the multiverse 
is it opens the door to infinite possibilities. And I feel like that's the thing that I, I don't want. I, I want rules. I want structure. I want to know what's going to happen. And I want to be able to make accurate predictions. And I don't want, you know, I don't want Tony Stark to die. And then it all just be taken away when he gets brought back through the multiverse. You know, there were things like that that really concerned me. I think they did they did ease some of my concerns with things like uh, no way home and, and they're doing a good job of like, you know, bringing back some of these older characters that we grew up on. So uh, I'm really conflicted on it. Like generally, like if, if I was in charge of a franchise, any franchise, you know, fast and furious, no multiverse guys. Okay. No fast, fast and furious multiverse. Um, I feel like that's my general stance, but I honestly, I don't think they've done a horrible job when it comes to the individual stories that they're telling around it. Tommy, do you think that by introducing the multiverse, you are potentially alienating some fans just because it is like such a wacky concept from from comics? I mean, it's been utilized a lot, but you also again, I think with with audiences, you might you might strain their patience when you constantly introduce or reintroduce variants and, and, and other parallel characters that, oh, that's the same actor, but this is not the same. I, it gets really, I think, convoluted. Do you think that they run the risk really of like pushing some of the audience out because it can get confusing? Yeah, I, I think definitely. I think you run the risk of pushing people out. I also think you completely close the door on new people coming in. Uh, Endgame was such an end of an era. And uh you lose a lot of your main cast. You lose a lot of your characters. And now you're introducing this multiverse while you're also trying to get people to uh, believe in this new cast, believe in this new foundation. And, and you're not, you can't, you're juggling too many balls now. You're both juggling this crazy idea of the multiverse, a bunch of stuff there, while you also don't have S.H.I.E.L.D. You don't have the, the core Avengers. You don't have any of the things that kept us grounded when we looked at the original Endgame series. And so... Yeah, I, I think it does like alienate people. I think it does make people feel like, well, I have my MCU. The you know, up to Iron Man to Endgame, uh, that is my MCU. This new stuff, I'll watch if it interests me, but I, I'm not gonna watch movie to movie, TV show to TV show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, that 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 I guess churn is is for lack of a better mm -hmm. term, is become like a real thing to where I don't know, just like my desire to want to keep up with everything is just lessening with every success of, you know, sort of project because we are getting so much like I'm still going to watch. But I think to the casual fan, what's the likelihood that they're going to watch every single thing? It's it's not high. You know, they already weren't doing that with 23 movies, you know, before all of this stuff. And now you're adding on TV shows. It just becomes a lot for any person. Um, Dez, do you think that like these other universes even matter because I remember like watching Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness and we go to, what was it? Earth 838. I think that that was like the other, mm -hmm. it wasn't 616. It was the, the yeah, Illuminati was eight, universe. Three, eight sounds about right. Yeah. Something like that. I, I mean, we get there and the characters get disposed of super quick. Like we, we see Reed Richards and he's, I mean, he's gone. Like John Krasinski <laughs> showed up for, for, for 12 hours, you know? Yeah. So, I, I don't know if that's the right method to use if you want to get people to like really buy into this idea or this concept, or maybe that's just not the point. Maybe we're looking at it wrong, but how do you feel about that? Yeah, I don't know. I think, I think there are ways, I think if everything else was going in a different path, we wouldn't have cared about that throwaway universe that they created. Does that make sense? But because everything else is going the way it's going, we looked at earth 838, but again, that, that, that Reed Richards and all of them was like, Okay, but what exactly are we doing here? Is this a is is this what it's always going to feel like in the multiverse? Are we using the multiverse just for cameos and for people to be killed off, or what are we doing uh, with this? But I, again, I have a feeling that if we had 
up in, before that have established some rules in terms of like, no, this universe matters. And this is what's happening in that universe. Then we would have felt different about that throwaway universe. You know what I'm saying? And so, unfortunately, that didn't happen. And so that's exactly how it feels. I think at the moment it is there's still time, I think, to change that. But for right now, it just is what it is. Tommy, Michael, you guys got any thoughts on that, whether or not these other universes are even important to the to the larger story? I, I hate that, like, uh, I, I think another big issue that I have with the uh, modern MCU is, like, their inability to, like, have any stakes as far as, like, actually killing people. Um, and like you said, we'll go to another universe and kill the entire, like, their Avengers, right? Um, but but we don't have, like, the same stakes in our universe. Like, I, I felt like they're, they're held to a different standard. So um, I guess it like, again, for them, it's like the multiverse is a way to do things that they feel like they can't do within their own universe. And I would test them to have a little bit more gumption to do some cool stuff like that in uh, 616. Yeah, and, and to echo off that, it's kind of, the MCU kind of feels like what the comics have become, which is we're gonna, it's quantity over quality, which is we're gonna throw a lot of the things you love, a lot of these cameos, a lot of these cool multiverse but we're not focused in on uh, how this is tying into a, a larger story. How like they throw things at you and they're like, all right, here's this cool thing, but it, it could, they could tie it a little bit more neatly. I think uh, the star Wars universe is actually a great example of right now, you know, they've had their hiccups, but right now they're starting to focus on the individual stories first, telling a concrete story that is sprinkling in stuff, but there is like this trajectory that, that it's going towards and, and not just like showing for the sake of showing. It feels like they're, it, it, like I said, the comics a little bit do that a lot, which is fine when it's a comic book, but I, and movies are a lot more money than comics are to make every, every day. Oh yeah. That just as Bob Iger. He, he, he certainly talked all about the money and how much they cost. I mean, you know, he should probably just go, to take 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 a take a silence you know sort of retreat for for a bit here because you um yeah i think i think that that's definitely something we, we continue to see as a problem but one thing that's really really bothered me and and i haven't brought it up that much but every time i think about it it's like okay they need to really address this to go back to what michael said at the top about just the infinite possibilities you can literally do anything there are no rules well now we have seen with this multiverse that they have sort of found and shoehorned a way to bring back characters that we never really knew whether or not they were connected to the MCU. For example, Daredevil or Kingpin or any of those Marvel Netflix shows. And now some of them are back, but some of them aren't. We don't know if like those shows actually are in the MCU or if they aren't. It's just like left in the air and they refuse to address it for whatever reason. Like, I don't know why. I, it must be. And maybe they haven't figured it out, but. Des, how do you feel about that? That you know, we continue to watch these things. We're excited about Daredevil, of course, like Charlie mm -hmm. Cox showing up in No Way Home, thunderous applause from fifty people, maybe not the entire auditorium, but for those who watch, like we knew, we we knew <laughs> about him. But um, you know, they they don't they don't actively tell us whether or not this is the same character or a different character, or if it's like all meant to fold into this multiverse story that they're trying to tell. Maybe it's a variant. How do you feel about just that 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 ambiguity that exists around a lot of these a lot of these characters, especially when you talk about some of those more you know older established legacy characters? Yeah, it's weird. Unfortunately, it feels like because they because the MCU decides to do that, it's hard to to trust them in a lot of different ways. Right? It's almost like they're trying to give us like a, a piece of something, but they don't know if we're gonna like it or not. So they like they wait to see our reaction to it before making a decision. You know what I'm saying? They're like, mm, I don't know if they'll like this, so let's just throw it in the air 
to see what happens. And if they catch it, then we'll decide and put rules around it when we figure out that 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 formula works. But not until then will we do that. And it's hard to trust that, right? Because I I, I don't want to trust somebody who's just kind of winging it all the time. Though some I, I'm all for swinging, making swings, right? Swinging for defenses. I think that's what makes you know things fun. It's what makes things good sometimes. But when you don't know exactly what you have in your pocket or what you have uh, uh, in your tooling, you don't know what, exactly what's going on. It, it it can be hard to to. To trust you and that's what it feels like the mcu right now it's just kind of hard to trust any anybody here need clarity about agents of shield whether or not it connects whether or not it, you know <laughs> it, it's actually a part of this whole thing like do we do we need those answers i i, I want to know I think we just need answers. We've heard 20 different ways of how the multiverse works. There's no, there's nothing like, there's no rules. And I think that's the problem is like, you know, Loki had one version of how the multiverse works. Endgame told us a different version of how it works. It, it, it I think that's the problem. And what Des was touching on is like, it, it feels like I'm floating out on space and I'm just, you know, there may be cool things, but I still don't really understand. I still can't tell you really how the multiverse works and why it matters and, and all that stuff. It's a fun ride, I guess. That's about it. Yeah, I hate to be that guy, but it very much is like, uh, it's a theme park, right? It doesn't have to tie together perfectly. You know, I think, it, who was it? Martin Scorsese who said that the Marvel movies are like theme parks. He uh, prophesized. He got he got it right, I think. <laughs> I think he got it right. I mean, you know, because you might be in, you might be in, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I don't go to a lot of theme parks. You might be in a certain land and then you walk into a different land. And it's like, oh, this is kind of the same, but it really does. You know, it's just, it's very disconnected. And um, yeah, they're just, uh, it's a lot. Des, is that is that kind of the point, the fact that it's so fragmented that that sets us up for inevitably Secret Wars because Secret Wars was was fragmented. I mean, it's bringing all sorts of universes, all sorts of characters together, creating these incursions. Is that kind of the point to just like spread it so far and so wide that it creates, you know, really, I mean, the it, we talk about Infinity War, it makes that look like. Uh, a, a walk at the park once you start to talk about all the characters possibly that could be in that movie I, I think there are ways to convey that you want us to convey that it should be fragmented does that make sense like there are versus like oh this thing is connected over here but this thing you never know you know I don't know I think there's ways to get us to buy into that idea I just feel like they haven't done the groundwork to to get us to buy into that to say, oh, this thing is 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 frag this this defragmented, and now we can uh, uh we can bet it's all going to come together in this way because it's like that. If it's like that, keep it like that. Make that the thing. Nothing is connected. Oh my God! All of a sudden, everything is connected. What just happened? Do that. That's a that's a bigger swing to me. That's a bigger uh, uh story choice and story beat to me than mm, this thing over here. Yes, this thing over here. You gotta wait and see. This thing over here, maybe not so much. It's a Again, that's the theme for me, man. Ball of confusion. It's just a little bit too much going on. Yeah, I, th I think the, the the one big point that I want to make, you know, again about multiverse too, is that not only are they having challenges with it, and and it's not really resonating, I think, to the degree that they thought that that they thought it would. But we are also seeing other examples work infinitely better elsewhere. When you look at original movies like Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is like a very contained story, very very much you know focused on one family. Or even you go over to the the into the Spider Verse and across the Spider Verse movies, like the way that they implement and utilize multiverse there, that that feels like 
something that is 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 controllable. It feels like it's understandable and digestible. But you get here when you're talking about an entire universe and you have all these different characters that we're supposed to have connections with, and it becomes really, really complicated. Um, just want to end off with a couple more questions, especially for our guests here. Um, Tommy, let's start with you. I want to ask you, what would you do to fix the MCU? Like if 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 you were if you were next to Kevin Feige and and he said, you know what? I need you to get this together, man. I need, I need you to really fix this for us and like steer us for the next five years and get us to the promised land. What, what would you do to fix the MCU at this point? See, and, I, and I'm worried they might have missed the train because I, I think Secret War or Secret Invasion was their way. Uh, I think what they need to do right now is they need to go back to the basics. You You exploded with Thanos. Come back. Ground us. Give us back the the terms of what's happening in the world. Give us the group. Give us what's happening. And I think with Secret uh, Invasion, which would have worked, is it's we've done space now. Let's the the, the call is coming from inside the house. Like there's people we don't know who we can trust. This terrifying thing. It, it, you'll be able to create the governments that you want to create. The the different uh, groups like Sword and all that stuff. Uh, come back to Earth. Then go explore the multiverse. Go exploring King after you've got us back down to reality and what we know and what we don't know in the MC world. That's what I would tell him right now. Is you've already missed that, but like get us back to knowing what we need to know. Don't go for the big swings yet. Hit a couple, you know, base, one base runs, uh, whatever. You know, clearly don't know baseball, but uh, just just <laughs> a couple couple loves <laughs> across the board and, and get that going then start increasing again and start to progress again. You have to come back to the basics. Yeah. More, more grounded approach for sure. I think I, I really thought that that was the route that they were going to go. I felt like that they couldn't really go any bigger and, and it proved us wrong for, for sure with everything that they've done. Um, it's, it's, like been, how it's been weird. How exciting would it have been if like over movie over movie, you start to see little hints of scrolls in the background. Like there's, you know, uh, post-credit scenes there's like someone uh that you spent the whole movie with turns into scroll at the end it would have been terrifying and would have kept that momentum going from movie to movie for sure michael what about you what would you do to to fix the mcu and, and to and to sort of curve some of these woes that they've been dealing with over the past few years uh, so, so here's the thing. I, I think the MCU tries to have their cake and they eat it too, right? They, they want, they want this interconnected, like massive story that spans across TV and movie, but they also want like the individual like Moon Knight season that's kind of disconnected. I don't, it's it's not working and it's not working for a lot of people. And that's the kind of thing I see a lot, especially covering these shows to week, week to week. People are like, why does this matter? Or or they'll say, well, why doesn't Thor just come save the day, right? Like it's it's constantly like that. So I actually think when Marvel works at its best is in these smaller movies, not necessarily like an Avengers film, but something like uh, like Multiverse of Madness, where you you're bringing together two different characters that can kind of like mold like the Doctor Strange universe and also like the WandaVision stuff. Like, I feel like the more they can cross and interweave these stories a little bit more, it will make people more invested. I mean, that's what they were always good at. Right. Like, look at things like Civil War. You know, I, I think I think we can get back to like not necessarily an Avengers movie, but like, let's see the whole universe. Right. Let's let's let, I guess I'm going the opposite approach. Let's 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 expand it out here a little bit. So, um yeah, I also just want to touch on again, you mentioned uh, Into the Spider-Verse. I think that's the best way the multiverse has been handled in any movie, including everything, everywhere, all at once. It has rules to it. Um, it makes sense. And the way that plays out is like a twist. And I think that, you know, that's a whole nother podcast, but like, 
I'm preparing to call that one of my favorite trilogies of all time when the third one comes out, but we'll leave it at that. No, a thousand percent. I, I totally we already <laughs> we ready. So uh, they need to get the strike over so we can get to it, you know, and, and, get, and get that get that third film. Uh, last big question. What what movie or what project TV series excites you? You know, I guess to, to, to lean more positive. What's out there in the future that they have on the schedule that, that you're actually looking forward to that you can't wait to see that, you know, despite the challenges, despite some of the hiccups that they've had over the past couple of years, you're actually looking forward to. Uh, Michael, if you don't mind, we, we can start with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, maybe this might be a controversial opinion. I'm stoked for Echo. Okay. Like I really love. Wow. That yes. I loved that character in Hawkeye. Hawkeye is one of my favorite MCU shows. And I think that character had a big part to play in it. So, and I, I think what's great about this, and it goes back to kind of what I said, we're using Echo like a character we don't know super well, but we already have like the backstory a little bit. So we don't have to reiterate all that stuff. We can throw her right into the action. And also she's serving as a purpose to do things with Kingpin and Deadpool or no, Daredevil. Sorry. Um, so I, I feel like, the more we can accomplish with one project, that's the kind of thing I'm looking to see. And I think Echo is going to tackle that really well. Are you, are you going to binge it or are you going to try to space it out since they're going to drop it all at the same time? Is, did it get pushed back? I don't even know. That's the thing with the MCU. I don't even know. Like last I heard, like, I don't even know when that show is coming. So yeah, it, it's, it's barely a point to keep up because it's, it's almost guaranteed to get pushed back at this point. Like we're not going to get anything when they say we're going to get it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, th I think it's, I think it's January now. I think that they okay. push it back to January. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I'll take a Tommy, day off work. Okay. Yeah. Tell me what what are you what are you looking forward to the most over the next few years? Yeah. Uh. Listen. Not much. Uh. No. No. I am excited. I. I know I sound pessimistic, but I think Loki season two. I'm. I'm excited to see what they do with that. Uh. But honestly, it's the it's the one offs that I've been the most peaked on. I think the Halloween special they did was amazing. I think the what ifs have been interesting. I think these like shots that they're shooting that aren't connected that are just like here to tell a good story are the stuff that i've been excited for and, and excited to see what they continue to do in that kind of line gotcha des what about you and, and don't say blade we, we 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 know we we definitely know blade but what else? everybody knows about blade <laughs> no um I, I have to echo what tommy said real quick about uh it just feels like in the beginning right where where the mc wasn't a thing iron they were like let's just make a really good iron man movie and then we'll figure out everything else later. We just need to get back to that, whatever that means. And 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 and, and I think also to add to Tommy's earlier point about everything being grounded, us talking about that. Jordan has heard me say this many times, right? Where the where the MCU, or not even the MCU, but Marvel Comics in general, is about people stepping up into the level of gods. And DC is like God stepping down to the level of people, right? That's just how it works. Like Wonder Woman is a god, Superman's a god, Martian Manhunter can do all this crazy stuff. Spider-Man is this kid who is broke and be trying to, you know what I'm saying? Iron Man, sure he was rich, but he didn't know what he had. His life was in shambles. He had to figure it out. This, this, this and thus forth. And so I think there's two projects that they have a huge chance to bring that back in X-Men and Fantastic Four, man. Some of the most grounded stuff that you'll ever see. They got societal issues. We wanna you wanna go into space? Here are four people <laughs> who literally go into space. Let's let's go through the multiverse with Fantastic Four. Let's 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 explore them as characters and and figure out the multiverse through them and, and things like that, man. So I think those are just two big projects that the MCU desperately needs right now. And I think it's going to help them fix a lot of stuff if they can get to it faster rather than later. 
Amazing. Well, we definitely want to send out another huge thank you to Star Wars, Michael, Tommy. Really, really appreciate you guys coming on to help us celebrate the 200th episode of Two Black Nerds, but also talking about the MCU, of course, and everything we're looking forward to, and also some of the things that we would fix. Uh, before we go, tell us, where can the people find you? What, what you got going on with Star Wars right now? Uh, we're on all the podcast apps and also things like Twitch and YouTube, basically any platform. Uh, I think we try to be everywhere. So uh, just look up Stark Warriors. You'll find us. I do like to give an extra plug, though. If you're not going to listen to the podcast, I understand. You got you got all these two black nerds podcasts to get through. Um, at least follow us on Instagram. Hit us up at Stark Wars Pod. I, I like to think that that's kind of like the hub of our community. Uh, you know, we like to connect with people there, you know, do polls and fun stuff every once in a while. So hit us up on uh, Instagram. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys again. Really appreciate it. I uh, can't wait till trivia next year, too. We're coming back. We, we, oh, we, yeah, we got to come okay. back, you know, again. <laughs> so so we'll definitely be hitting you up. But uh, yeah, thanks again, guys. Really appreciate it. All right. Joining us today on Two Black Nerds 200 is another very special guest. Today, we have popular YouTuber, TikToker, writer, actor, singer, the black gay comic geek himself. Michael Simeon is joining us today on the 200th episode of Two Black Nerds. Welcome, man. How you doing today? How's it going? How's it going? Thanks. Uh, thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Of course. Or, or, or like, no, like the color purple. I got to do it like the color purple. I am very happy to be here. Very happy to be here. I love that. I love that energy. But yeah, no, we're, we're we're incredibly excited to have you on to talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe today. Before we dive into like the specific topic, because what we're doing is addressing some of the challenges that the MCU has sort of faced over the over the past few years. I think it's it's definitely it's in a bit of a lull stage. It hasn't it hasn't necessarily reached the heights that I think a lot of us are accustomed to. But before we dive into the specific topic, what's just like your 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 summation of how you feel towards the MCU? If you had to distill it down into just a few short words, like one sentence, how would you just generally describe your feelings towards the MCU right now? Right now or just in general? Right now specifically. So okay. like just take the past, like let's say two years and, and, and distill it down to how you feel right now. I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not underwhelmed. I'm just whelmed to throw a, a, a young justice <laughs> reference. Yeah, with, with the MCU right now, I'm just I'm just overwhelmed. It's like because there's some things that are like I really like Wakanda Forever. Honestly, funny enough, and this is might be a controversial statement. I like Wakanda Forever, but in the first Black Panther, so that that there, that's there, going somewhere. Yeah, it might, it's might, a might be might controversial. It's a, yeah. It might be a little hot. That's what I said. It might be a little little hot take, but. but so there, there's some stuff in, and then also like Guardians of the Galaxy three. I really enjoy Guardians of the Galaxy three, Volume three. But yeah, other stuff that's just uh, take it or leave it. Yeah, and there's more, there's more leave it than take it. Like Secret Invasion was Dookie Water, like. <laughs> but we'll, we'll get into that. But yeah, I, that, so distilling that one sentence, I'm not, I'm not overwhelmed, I'm not underwhelmed, I'm just whelmed. Yeah, I, I love that sentence. description. Um, I mean, mm -hmm. Secret Invasion is largely, I think, what kind of prompted this this whole idea in this conversation, because we've been talking about this, Des and I, on the show regularly, just some of the challenges, whether it be with the quality of the projects, but also at the box office, we see certain things aren't performing necessarily as well as they used to, but you still have those hits. You still have Wakanda Forever, Guardians Volume 3 that do very, very well and very good business, but Secret Invasion, I think, just had us all sort of like reset and think like, wait, 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 what is really going on here? Like something is terribly, 
terribly wrong. And we got to talk about this and see like what's happening. But the specific topic we're going to get into today as it pertains to the MCU is the massive amount of characters that have been introduced into this franchise, particularly with phase four and phase five. I know, speaking for me personally, I was incredibly excited to know that we were going to sort of start fresh after the Infinity Saga, get a bunch of new characters. Obviously, there was just so much untapped potential. But I think conversely, what we have now seen that while, yes, there have been some really great character introductions, it's also set up somewhat of a problem for Marvel because unlike what we dealt with within the first 10 years of the Infinity Saga, now because we have so many characters, it's hard to really map out and tell when we're going to see somebody again or really what their future is or how important they're going to be to this larger story. There's just so many examples when you think about some of the the Eternals, like when are they going to come back or when is Shang-Chi going to get a sequel? I think there's a lot of questions about just the existence of some of these characters and how we build these relationships over the years. Do, do Michael, let, let's start with you. Do you think that that's actually like a very substantial challenge and problem that they're dealing with or maybe 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 we're blowing it out of proportion and 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 we just have to sort of sit back and wait and see until the full story plays out what's your what's your perspective on that i mean yes while we're in it right now it does feel like we don't really know where the mcu is going and also to be fair to them because we are going through a writer and actor strike right now so that is putting a delay on a lot of the projects that they have coming out where uh you know, like Shang-Chi just re- it's now delayed and they're having to start filming or anything like that. We don't know when that's going to, because more than likely, I don't think this writer and actor strike is going to end in 2023. I think it's going to go well into well into the new year and probably beyond mm-hmm. that. So uh, who knows when that's going to, you know, end up, you know, coming to coming to a head and, and being settled. So that's also going to put a hindrance on what's going on with the MCU. But at the same time, though, I do feel like because they're trying to introduce so many characters and tell these new narratives and introducing all these new stories, it does kind of feel like things are taking way too long to get some type of resolution. Like even not even just in the the idea of Shang-Chi too, but like even going into that, think about the post-credit scene for Shang-Chi and the the thing that they lead it to like, Oh, the, the rings had a signal coming from somewhere. We thought that was going to get resolved in the Eternals. No mention or reference to it at all. Then some people were like, oh, well, maybe that signal came from Kang. We got introduced to Kang and Loki. We got introduced to Kang and Ant-Man. No reference to the signal or anything like that. So it's like you had opportunities to introduce or plant these seeds to things that you introduced in other movies, but yet it's still not coming to a head or in any, t- like, so it's like, I feel like certain things are just taking way too long, even like Moon Knight. Get introduced to Moon Knight. When are we going to mm-hmm. see Moon Knight again? Like, we haven't heard anything with regards to that. So, like, right. I feel like, yes, we do have the writer and the actor strike. You do have to take that into account. But at the same time, I do feel like things are just taking way too long for them to, 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 to have a payoff for. Like, we had the whole Eternals. You got a whole Tiamat sticking out of the Indian Ocean. You just had, like, a small <laughs> newspaper clipping of it in She-Hulk. But it's like, that should play a much bigger part into the story and they say oh well, we're going to talk about it and and this is if the rumors are true we're going to talk about it in captain america but it's like captain america's not coming out to win next year like it's and how long how long ago was that introduced like it's, it's the, way too long yeah it, it feels like that they might have bitten off a little bit more that they can chew and that and that also you have to add on the disney plus shows to that you mentioned moon knight and just like you say that character or layla she becomes a superhero at the end of that show it's like 
who knows when we're going to even see her again? Um, there's what I what I'm like werewolf by night. When 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 are we going to see these people again? Like we got yeah. man thing and it's a lot of them. It's like where where are they going to come back up? Don't really know, and they also feel super disconnected, you know, as well. Um, Des, I want to ask you specifically about sequels because in the Infinity Saga. Mm. It was pretty clear. We knew when Iron Man 2 was coming. We knew when Thor 2 mm -hmm. or Thor 3 was coming. Like, because we were dealing with, I think, substantially less characters compared to what we have now, we just got, we, we always had a clear roadmap. And they've tried to give us roadmaps, you know, sort of piecemeal year by year or every couple of years. But when you look at like Phase 6, you know, it, it's like three movies. It's two Avengers movies and I think Fantastic Four. So it's like, when are these yeah. characters going to get sequels? Like Doctor Strange 3 no clue when that's going to happen and yeah there was like six years between one and two but we also saw him a lot in between we saw him in infinity we, War. we saw him in endgame we're not getting that same sort of character thor ragnarok appearance. yeah exactly thor ragnarok we're not getting that same amount of appearances so how do you feel about just like the fact that sequels themselves aren't happening as quickly as they used to yeah i think you know that really does speak to the way i think these faces are being set up there is no uh, uh, we don't we don't have our core set of characters that I feel like the MCU feels like we need to become accustomed to anymore at this point, right? Before I think the Infinity Saga worked so well because we just had so much time to learn about Iron Man and the surrounding characters, Captain America and the surrounding characters. Now in these in these new phases, it's like okay, we get, we're introduced to somebody new. What time do we even have if we're trying to get to the next Avengers movie to have a, another Doctor Strange movie? You're trying to introduce somebody from the far left who we haven't learned anything about yet. When is America Chavez popping back up? There's just so many questions and not enough answers, I think, being thrown out here. Because I think we all, again, agree that we just thought we would see a lot of these characters sprinkled throughout each other's projects more often. We just talked about Moon Knight. He, he should have showed up in something else. Uh, uh, again, American Chop should have showed up in something else. All of these characters should be showing up in all these other projects, but they feel like we have to go back to these origin stories or like introduce these new characters, and we're not getting enough. We're not getting uh, enough of the characters that we've been introduced. So it's, it's definitely a weird mix, I think, going on here um, within the MCU to where, like you said, they just put the cart before the horse. To be honest, there's 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 not a, there's too many characters and not enough time. Pretty much is what is is really what's happening. And so uh, I don't I don't think the only thing you can do for yourself is create more time. But MCU doesn't work like that. And at least not right now. They're like, nope, we're having all these movies, all of these TV shows, and they have to come out right now at this moment and on our time instead of taking their time as they kind of feel like they did at the beginning uh, uh, of the Infinity Saga or or Phase One. So it's 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 really weird, man. That's the best way I could put it. Is it feels off? Yeah, I think. I and not even just that, but like, I feel like they're focusing so much on building out the world of the MCU with like mm -hmm. the Kang stuff and all of that, that we're not, like you mentioned, we're not really focusing on these new characters that they're introducing. So like, for example, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, it was less of an Ant-Man and the, well, it really wasn't a Wasp movie at all. Like, I don't even know why she was in the title because mm -hmm. like right. she barely had a role in the movie, unless you count <laughs> Janet Van Dyne as the Wasp, Michelle Pfeiffer, she was more of the Wasp character than Evangeline Lilly. Evangeline Lilly was barely in the movie, but it wasn't even an Ant-Man and the Wasp movie. Like the characters, Lewis and uh, his other friends that were in the first two movies, they didn't even make an appearance in this movie. It was really just about introducing Kang and the greater MCU, but it should have been an Ant-Man movie. Like, especially with this maybe potentially being Scott Lang's final movie, 
in a so solo solo movie in uh in the Ant-Man world like it and then also like it just wasn't it wasn't dark enough like if you're going to make it a, a introduction to Kang like it should have been more menacing like you it has your first movie of your big bad and he got taken out by Ant-Man like come on now like why am I why am I scared of this villain now why am I scared of this villain he got beat up by ants and yet I was supposed to be scared that the Avengers can't take him out like come on like so yeah there's a lot of things that they should need to really dial down and like really focus and center themselves or where they want the M's there. You might have an idea where you want your next big event to be with the whole secret invasion and secret war, or not secret invasion, secret invasion, but secret wars and the whole Kang dynasty and things like that. But you don't, you're not really getting the, the details right. And I think that's their biggest problem. Yeah. I, th I think another thing they're not, too, they're not, they're not seeing, they're seeing the forest instead of the individual trees. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think I think another thing, too, is just like the production side of things. When you greenlight so many projects, like so many films and, and series, the things that you just can't control, like that they face, like with COVID, the strikes, delays, whatever the case may be, that also adds to the to the issues at hand. Because I remember America Chavez was initially supposed to be in Spider-Man No Way Home, and she was going to be the specific character to bring in Toby and Andrew from their respective universes. But because things got shifted around and delayed or whatever the case may be, Dr. Strange and the Multiverse of Madness comes out second. She gets introduced in that instead. And then they create this fake storyline for Ned where he's all of a sudden like prone to have sorcerer powers. And it's like, well, that wasn't really the, the intention. And so I think also like just from a production standpoint, because they do have so much down the pipeline, there's there's problems that they're sort of creating for themselves, like unforced errors that they would not have otherwise faced if maybe they just slowed down their output. Um, another thing I do want to talk about, too, we, we've been sort of circling it with like these characters in this uncertain future, you know, sort of element is this new method that they've employed with their post credit scenes and the fact that they have used so many recent post credit scenes to introduce characters that we literally have no idea when we're ever going to see them again. I think about Star Fox and Eternals, Hercules and Thor Love and Thunder, Clea, that weird, super fucking weird post-credit scene in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Like, when are we ever going to see any of these people again? And why do they matter? Like, I Another admit... 10 years. <laughs> I get, right, and I admit I was super excited to see Hercules. It was like, oh shit, that's like really dope. But when you really think about don't it, it's forget, like... Uh, don't forget, what's, we, what's the point? We, he wasn't on screen, but... We got Blade and uh and Eternals, the voice, and see, and they haven't even started count. shooting that movie I guess that yet. Counts. Like that's another one. And like the Dane Whitman connection there, what what is that supposed to be? Like he gets like half-assed introduced in Eternals, but is he gonna be more of a major character? But then we hear like, well, all, all of a sudden, like Black Knight is sort of written out of Blade. He's not even gonna be a character anymore. So it's just so much stuff. It's like it's hard to really wrap your head around it. Like, Michael, how do you feel about those random post-credit? introductions of these characters where it's like who is this part like why why are they even important here and like we don't even have a clue how they're going to play any sort of factor into future stories that they tell i mean it would be fun and it's what we wanted if it actually amounted to something not to say it's not going to amount to something because you know 10 years down the road once this phase and all these phases are all said and done and we get all the pieces to the puzzle we can go back and watch it and be like oh this is cool like kind of like you know a lot of people hated age of ultron when it came out but then all the other projects that came after like wandavision etc cetera, etc cetera, made us go back and look at age of ultron and be like oh it actually planted a lot of seeds and made it more important so yeah you'll have that hindsight when you get there but as of right now while we're in it it just feels like 
like I said, it's just it just feels like a lot of things are just taking too long. They don't know what they want to do. Even like announcements, like they announced Blade in like what was it, 2016? Oh my lord, probably so long ago. That was and they haven't even shot the movie yet. And I, I, I honestly feel like at a certain point, Mahershala Ali is going to drop out because he's already like what 48. Yeah, he's getting up and there. then what you're committed to doing, you're committed yeah. to doing three movies. It's going to take 10 plus years for those three movies to come out. Not, not, and not, and not even counting all of the side cameos that they're probably going to want him to be in at a certain point, especially considering the athleticism and the martial arts and everything that blade is going to have to do. Like eventually he's going to give you two, like Mahershala Ali is going to be too old to, to, to commit to doing something like blade. And especially once you add now the writer's strike on top of that, and they had they went through like three different directors that that quit, and now we're in the writer and actor strikes, and now they definitely can't film. Like it's just gonna Blade just keeps getting pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. So it's just like, what? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just like at this point, y'all need to figure something out because, yeah. Eventually, yeah. as of right now, the only two good things I've seen coming out of Phase Five, like I said, I enjoyed Guardians. Oh no, I can't even count Black Panther because that was Phase Four. That was the last thing Phase Four. So really, just Guardians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ant Man was like I said, Ant Man and Wasp: Quantumania was trash. Secret Invasion was trash. I'm honestly, I was excited about the Marvels, but uh, Nia DaCosta's comment of saying, "Oh, the Marvel, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been too serious or whatever," so I wanted this movie to be wacky. That has me nervous because I'm like, all of the MCU has been wacky. <laughs> Oh, that's and nervous. trust me, that that's going to be another another talking point too. Just like the tone yeah. and, and stuff. I'm excited that it's supposed like they had a whole joke minutes. of freaking the Ant Man creature talking about you drinking my fluids and whatever. Like all of the MCU has been wacky. <laughs> like where have you where have you been? Like I'm honestly I'm sick of the wacky. I want more serious tones in mm. terms of the MCU. And that's one thing I will say to throw in a reference to DC really quick. As much as the DC EU has been you know in shambles to the point that they're rebooting it. One thing I will say that DC has over Marvel in terms of like, and why I think at a certain point they could overtake Marvel is that they're willing to take more risks with their properties. They're willing to go rated R with like the Suicide Squad or uh, Peacemaker or um, um, what else? They they released the rated R cut of uh, Batman v Superman. Mm-hmm. So, and then they're also releasing like, uh, what else? Rated R... Uh, uh, I think the authority is going to be rated R and like they're willing to, they're willing to take those risks but like even Kevin Feige was just like oh yeah Blade's not going to be rated R or like Moon Knight who should have been a rated R character that's not going to mm-hmm. be rated R or like just so it's like it's, I, I just feel like Marvel has been so used to being on top for so long that they're playing it safe for a lot of these characters and a lot of these events like Ant-Man should have been way darker and it should have ended different like he shouldn't have gotten out of the quantum realm by the end of the movie like you made this whole stink about, oh, he's gonna be stuck. Oh shit, where's it gonna go from here? <laughs> Excuse me. And then two seconds later, he gets out. So it's like, what was the point of that? Yeah, that was, and they clearly manipulated that ending. That, that it, it didn't feel like that was supposed to be the proper ending as well. It did not so feel they, right. That production piece of it too. Uh, Des, I, I want to ask you this about these characters because we have so many characters. I think I think a stark difference that we're gonna see, at least in my opinion, and this is just like me projecting, but. I think with the original Avengers movies and the Infinity Saga, it was clear that we had these established connections with characters like Steve Rogers and Tony Stark and Black Widow. Like we had saw them so often that you felt like you knew them. So when Endgame comes, it's like the seventh or eighth time that we've seen them. Whenever 
Kang Dynasty Secret Wars rolls around and we get whatever that mm-hmm. Avengers team is going to be, whoever whoever is a part of it. I mean, I don't know how many of those characters we would have seen all that much. Like maybe a couple of them, yeah. like Strange, probably Thor, if mm-hmm. he decides to come back. But a lot of them are probably going to be new. And we might have had one experience with them or one appearance from them in, in their own TV show or movie. Yeah. So what I want to ask you is, like, do you even think that we're going to care as much about whoever this new Avengers team is going to be when we just haven't seen them as often? Because we're getting such the the these such huge gaps in between projects and just the uncertainty when they're going to come back around and, and, and play a factor. You know, my hope is that whatever the hell is going on between now and uh, uh, Avengers Kang Dynasty slash Secret Wars, that they are actively trying to do that work to get us to get familiar with these characters. That is my hope. Unfortunately, I don't. we don't see that trend and it going in that direction. And but because of that, I am uh, uh, I'm afraid I have to be afraid uh, for that because I, we all know you just don't get in game without the footwork being done for these characters and i'm a i am afraid we're going to get to uh uh kang dynasty and clea pops up and everyone's going to be like and <laughs> what else what else is there <laughs> who who else is here literally we're we gonna we're gonna clap for scott lang thor <laughs> and dr strange and be like uh all right good job everybody we're doing it you know what i'm saying so uh, uh i i think another another way for them to to maybe potentially be successful here. To be honest, the movies just need to be good. I think, for instance, let's say Fantastic Four comes out and it's just a really good movie and we all love it. And we're like, yeah, Fantastic Four. I think seeing them in the next movie, right, in Kang Dynasty won't be so bad. I think people will be excited about that. It won't be to the level that we think it will. But as long as that movie is good, as long as we can attach ourselves to those characters and within that movie time span, I think it'll be okay. And so that's what I mean between now and whenever that happens, we just need the projects to be good. We're not going to get Infinity Saga. And I think we've recognized that as a time thing. I think we can all wrap our head around. We're not going to get into the end game. But if we can get good movies with good characters that we can attach ourselves to to some capacity not steve rogers capacity not not tony stark capacity not natasha romanoff capacity but just what we can get right now with these characters have good character moments i think we'll be okay but we have to do that even in order for that to be successful so that's kind of how i feel about it i think it's it's scary either way but i don't think we'll ever get what we got in that infinity saga, but there is potential to do something, but I'm afraid that something won't happen here. So you're not going to be cheering for Scar? Even like I was just looking up. at some of the announcements for like phase five and six. I don't see anything in there for like Shang-Chi two, Dr. Strange three, anything like that. But then you're doing, you're giving me yeah. echo, yeah. which I mean, sure. But like <laughs> who who's really checking for uh, echo? Like, and echo then, comes to the portal. And then when you, introduced her in in hawk in hawkeye like what did you get from what did you get from the character of echo that made you excited about see or let me ask did you guys see anything in the hawkeye series that made you excited about echo getting her own show no no 
it it did not. I mean, I exactly. I, I did that 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 simple episode was fine in and of itself, but it didn't it didn't it didn't buy me into the idea of like spending six hours with this mm-hmm. character or five or however long it's gonna be. I, I didn't I didn't think like oh I have to watch that show now and see more. That that was not mm-hmm. that was not it, you know. So I, I I agree. I think that that's definitely like a big issue. Like if anything, I was more excited about Yelena than than I was for Echo. Oh, but guess what? Yelena is not getting her own show. She's she's gonna be the Thunderbolts, but you're specifically having this character get her own show. Obviously, you need to build hype for that. So yeah, introduce kind of like what they did with Black Panther and Civil War. They gave him his own movie, so you introduce him in Civil War to build exactly. the hype. But guess what? That hype was lived up to. Like we were excited about his character after seeing him in Civil War because they built him up correctly. But like Echo, so what? Who cares? Like yeah, it's not there. <laughs> I, so I want to ask you this as we as we wrap up here. Two questions for you, Michael, specifically, um, since you are the guest. Uh, first, what would you do to fix the MCU if if you were if you were in the offices of Marvel Studios and you were given the the keys to the kingdom and they asked you, Kevin Feige asked you, like, I need the next five years, like mapped out. What what would you do to 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 steer the ship in the right direction and get them back on the on the right path? Um, honestly, I would have them go back to their roots in the sense of yes we are building to fade we are we are in these phases and we are building to you know like the kang dynasty secret wars we want to have these grand epic finales of each phase but i think considering we are getting a lot of new characters and there are a lot of characters that the casuals don't know or never really heard of because yeah iron man was not the A-list character that we know of now when he was first introduced in 2008, but he still had like C-level status. Like people knew who Iron Man was. They knew of the name. They just weren't checking for him like that. People knew who Captain America was. They just weren't checking for him like that. But nobody knows who the fuck Shang-Chi is. Nobody's ever heard of America Chavez, especially because America Chavez is like brand new. She was just introduced in like Mm -hmm. the last like 10 plus years in comics. So like, I feel like Marvel needs to really focus on building these characters up and building their particular worlds as opposed to fitting them in the grand MCU and just seeing where they, you know, seeing where they fit. It's like, no, have them fit in their world and then have the MCU fit around them. And then we could start to build into secret wars or uh Kang dynasty, et cetera, et cetera. Cause like you mentioned, the next time we see these characters, it's going to be probably in a secret invasion or I keep wanting to say secret invasion, but secret wars or Kang dynasty, as opposed to like, once we got to infinity war, we already saw captain America in captain America, one, two, three, and Mm. certain cameos. And then we saw them show up in the bigger crossover. We saw them in Avengers, et cetera, et cetera. But like, when's the next time we're going to see America? When's the next time we're going to see Gaia? They, they introduced this, apparently the most powerful person in, in the MCU I hope never, Which, if I'm being honest about it, because it. she's, I, she's too damn powerful yeah, at this point. Yeah, I just I hated that. OP. But, still, but at the end of the day, you introduced her. Right. She's a big gun. Like, so at some point, she should show up at a certain point. But where, like, where would her character even fit? Yeah. And that, so that, that's I think that's point the point biggest too, problem the that I think that's the biggest problem that they have. Like, they're introducing these characters and, and doing all this stuff. But it's like, but where is this going to fit? How is this going to work? And then also you're introducing all these Young Avengers characters and they haven't even announced the Young Avengers yet. Oh, don't get me started like, on that. Gonna be, that's that's going to be, yeah, that's a whole other topic. They're going to be grownups <laughs> by the time all this is done. Yeah, Young Who? Old Avengers. 
I, I, I don't see it. But no, you're like, right. Literally, I mean, we have all, we have all of them except for the only ones we don't have are Hulkling and then Iron Patriot, mm. Iron Lad. Sorry, yeah, those, those are the only ones. But technically, we kind of do because we got Kang. And Iron Lad is just a younger version of Kang, so you could all, you could easily introduce him there. But like, yeah. for sure. And then Hulkling could come in like a Captain America. I mean, Captain Marvel too, with with the scrolls and, and the Kree. But still, like, you got them all. You haven't even announced it or te- like. So it's it's just a lot that they need to like really center and focus themselves because right now I feel like they're just throwing shit against the wall and just seeing what sticks, and it's not really proving itself to be like a cohesive narrative right now so i think that would be my biggest advice like to just focus your narrative and also build these new characters that you're introducing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. last question for you uh what 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 are you most looking forward to like what projects if you had to pick film or tv would you say is actually like got you excited you know it can be it can be anything across you know phase five phase six you know the the few things like i said i was gonna say the marvels like i was excited about the marvels you know, like was excited. I was excited. <laughs> I was excited. Like, especially, you know, the fact that it's a black woman directing it, mm-hmm. uh, which now she would be the first or the second black woman to direct an over $100 million budgeted movie. And she'd only be the fifth black person period to direct an over a hundred billion, a hundred million dollar budgeted movie. Um, you know, I, even though I hated what they did with her in uh WandaVision at the end, but I was excited to see Monica Rambeau. I I, I enjoyed Miss Marvel, so excited to see the three of them interact. But then, yeah, that comment about it being wacky and zany, and then also the movie's only an hour and a half. That kind of actually me like that. If I'm being honest, I I'm not I, mad. That feels like it's too short for me. I look. I think movies are generally too long, especially these Marvel movies. If we if we come in with a 98, 100 minute Marvel, I'm I'm a superhero movie. Yeah, I'm here That's, for it. I'm here for it. Like, because nah. recently the the longer ones they they go way too like none of them need to be as long as they are if you ask me like the only ones I would say are an exception are Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three like I thought that that like deserved the runtime but even Wakanda Forever if I'm being honest I felt like that that was too long like there's a big chunk of that movie that I didn't really need especially in the middle with the with the stuff in um in 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 not Atlantis whatever they called it um at this point whatever Dollar they changed Khan. it to Dollar Khan. um th- there was a lot of that stuff I was just like I you know 240 we're we're kind of pushing it but um I do hear you like the comments about the the tone the zany the wacky that is that is somewhat alarming like I don't know if we should be going there you know maybe we should be going into a different direction but um, we really, really appreciate you hopping on today, Michael, to talk about the MCU today with us, man. This was such a fun conversation, of course. Um, before we hop off and, you know, s- sign off for today, uh, let the people know, like, what you got going on. Where can they find you? Where can they follow you on social media to keep up with you? Uh, well, you can follow me across all the internets as a black gay comic geek because I'm black, I'm gay, I like comics. So anywhere, t- TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all that stuff. Uh I have been a little lazy lately. I haven't posted on YouTube in like two weeks because like my free time lately has been nothing but Baldur's Gate. That's all I've been doing. Yeah. Anytime I'm free, like yeah, nothing but like, so I need to get on it because there's like a couple things I need to review like Changeling and Gen V comes out soon. And it's funny because I got the screener for Changeling, but Baldur's Gate, Baldur's I haven't even watched it. <laughs> so I need to get on that. But yeah, just follow me. Follow me, Black Gate Comic Geek. You get all types of commentary of representation and nerddom and all that stuff. Hashtag my motto is always hashtag make it black or make it gayer. 
So if you're into blood sex, gore magic like I am, come swing over to my channel and you'll get, get you some good representational commentary. Absolutely, man. Well, thank you again for hopping on today to talk about the MCU with us and celebrating our 200th episode. Hopefully we can do this again, you know, real soon in the future for sure. But uh, until then, man, take care. On 200. Thank you. Appreciate that. We'll catch up with you soon, man. Thank you. All right, up next, joining us to celebrate the 200th episode of Two Black Nerds and to talk about all things related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe is Brian K. Williams, a.k.a. Brian Knows Movies. He is an expert movie reviewer, blogger, enthusiast. We are so excited to have you here today, man. How are you doing? Yes, yes. I am so excited and elated to be on the 200th episode of Two Black Nerds, one of my favorite podcasts on Spotify. I, I was just telling the guys before we started how much I, I enjoy it. Uh, this is definitely my honor that you guys thought that I'd be good enough to join uh, the big dogs here, if I can say that. Man, you 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 were a big dog yourself, you know. Yeah, pleasure is all ours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we had to we had to bless, you know, this 200th episode with your presence. So really, really happy for you to be here. So let's go ahead and dive into it. You know, as we're as we say that we're we're talking about the the MCU today and 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 some of the challenges that they faced over the past few years. I think post twenty twenty, post Avengers Endgame, things have certainly been a, a bit different for the MCU compared to what I think we're used to and what we've seen out of them. But before we dive into the specific topic, I just kind of want to get your feelings generally brian about how you feel about the mcu right now like if you had to just boil it down to a sentence or just a phrase in, in terms of you know your overall feelings towards what we've seen out of the past few years of the mcu what what would that be would, would it be more adoration would it be a little bit of 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 maybe apathy towards what we've seen what's your temperature right now towards mcu i think that it's uh if i was to say one sentence i'd be like uh a lot of good, some bad. I, I'm, I think I'm a lot more positive on uh, phase four and beginning of phase five than than some, but when they really miss, they really miss. And that used to not be the case in terms of how uneven um, MCU has been in the past. But um, I think that there's uh, definitely some issues and I really don't, the main issue is that you don't really know how they can move forward from where they are now um, in a way that doesn't just throw out everything in the kitchen sink to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really well said. Like, it, it's hard to see, like, the next few years, I think, comparatively to where we used to be maybe six, seven, eight years ago, there was a very clear roadmap. But because of just all the things that have sort of impeded them on being as successful as they used to be, it's it's kind of hard to see the forest through the trees, I think, at this at this moment. But let's talk about the specific topic that we wanted to, you know, sort of broach with you as it relates to the MCU. And, and this is kind of a big one. And I do want to just say for people listening, like, Please take this whole conversation with a grain of salt because we're going to be talking about behind the scenes drama and issues that the MCU has had over the past couple of years. And the reality is none of us are walking the halls of Disney or Marvel Studios, so we don't know exactly the nature of some of these things. But based off of reports that have come out, based on things that we've researched and read, we're going to have a conversation. But I do want to talk about a lot of the behind the scenes things that have just really caused some issues, you know, more than they've really ever experienced. There, there, there's so many things to really grapple. There's the VFX industry and some of the pushback towards Marvel, you know, and, and, and what they've sort of, I guess, perpetuated for the past few years in terms of the incredible amount of work there's sort of a power battle that's that's been happening over the past few years between bob Iger and bob chapek victoria alonzo one of their huge executives who worked for them pretty much from the very beginning 
got a pink slip like a few months ago. She got fired from the studio, and that was just a huge mm-hmm. surprise. There's numerous delays. There's things that are completely out of their control, like COVID and the strike. I mean, there's just so much. So, you know, before we dive into like any specifics, Brian, like how do you how do you feel about just like sitting back and witnessing? I think what might have been the most unlucky year or couple of years that Marvel has ever had. Of course, they've had problems in the past, but it feels like more now than ever they're facing a, a huge uphill battle in terms of just all these things that happen behind the scenes. It, it, it's the curse of, of wanting more, right? They launched the most ambitious set of films and TV uh, television series. I mean, they never even had television series until phase four. They launched all this stuff before everything blew up in their face, right? Before COVID happened, before uh, there was all these issues with, at the top level where um, Bob Iger was hating on his protege, Bob Chapik. But remember, Bob Iger is the one that picked him to be there in the first place, right? Yeah. Uh, the releasing of executives who had done such a great job and the, the fallout from that. A bunch of stuff happened with a plate of a menu that they had basically spoon-fed to all the Marvel lights out there, if I could say that, um, at Comic-Con that I don't know how they're going to live up to that now just because there's been so many issues. Phases one through three, there was no issues. It seemed like everything was just, you know, they were just riding the wave. At least there wasn't anything that we were hearing about. Yeah, there was the James Gunn stuff a little bit. But outside of that, that was the, if that was the biggest drama today, they'd be sitting in a pretty good spot, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really well said. Des, you know, I think we're we're accustomed to hearing about this amount of problems from the DC side of things, right? Yeah. When, we, when we look at DC and Warner Brothers, they have just had a litany of issues. And I think to a point that it's actually, it, it crippled them for a, a really long time, for lack of a better term. I just think that once so much information gets out about a franchise, people, I think, have become very turned off to just the the taste of what that, what that might mean for the product itself. Do you mm-hmm. fear that Marvel could potentially end up in a situation like that where if they don't really get a handle on just the vast amount of issues that have just been plaguing them over the past couple of years, they might be heading in some dangerous territory where people might just say like, ah, you know, I don't even, I don't even really care anymore. I don't want to mess with this. Absolutely. I mean, I think at the end of the day, this is all consumerism, right? You have to buy into the product. It's all, if, if people don't like it and people don't go see it, your product can fail. And Marvel is, is no exception to that. And, and, and we've seen glimpses of that um, again, within these past couple of phases where there's movies beginning to fail and and again for marvel it does feel unprecedented but it also i I think hopefully again uh, they're learning from the lessons but there should be a check on the chin for marvel right to say like this thing is possible this ship can sink and i if if anything i I think they should just be uh again very vigilant and aware that that's the case that that that, 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 this thing you you have to continue to, to, to to steer the ship i think in the right direction or else you're you are going to end up closer to I think the way in which DC had to end up you know what I mean with all these movies not doing as well as they have and so sure uh, they're they're not there yet they're not that level of train wreck yet but hopefully there's they put some some fire right to to the feet of Marvel with these with these movies man and, and they start to clean some of this up mm-hmm. I, Brian, I don't I'll go ahead I don't know what what that cleanup looks like there there's so much drama drama that um for example the first thing i come to mind is like they were able to sign robert downey jr uh they were able to sign uh pretty basically all the main avengers right to mm-hmm. six seven eight eight film deals 
And actors don't want to do that anymore. You're getting two and three film deals. So how do you form mm -hmm. an Avengers that people want to see if you're only able to sign um, these, these, uh, and I think that was a decision on, on Marvel side too, to sign them to these smaller contracts. That's the issue to me, especially when you have people like uh, Elizabeth Olsen and, and Zoe Zaldana and Dave Bautista and all these other people talking about how this machine has limited their creativity and their creative expression and how they have regrets from doing that. You have also Chris Evans and other folks really praising their time with Marvel, but other folks is like, I don't know what to do outside of really getting creative with the properties that they have um, with these short contracts. So that's just mm -hmm. one of like dozens of issues that they have, right? So do they, DC's problem was that they were just doing, trying to do things to make too fast. Now mm -hmm. it seemed like Marvel's not going fast enough based off the situation that they have, right? Yeah, I, I love that you said that, too, about the contract situation. That has been a huge shift for them, too. And I don't think that the situation caused that. I think actors, you know, to your point, were just kind of naturally gravitating towards not wanting to commit themselves to these really long deals. But I think about the Scarlett Johansson situation a couple of years ago, another big behind the scenes sort of tumultuous situation mm -hmm. that Bob Chapek probably didn't handle all that well. I think a lot of people looked at that situation like, yeah, what the fuck? She is one of your premier franchise players. She's been there practically since the beginning. She's coming out and saying that she feels like she's being, you know, sort of shortchanged in terms of her of her pay she's already a woman so that's an uphill battle and then mm -hmm. disney as a company comes back very combative and and i think that that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way it, it's it certainly rubbed bob Iger the wrong way i'm pretty sure he 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 got you know involved in that situation and was like this is not how you deal with talent you know and i think you can probably start to see maybe some of the acting community in hollywood I'm sure a lot of them still want to have that Marvel opportunity. They still want to work for the studio because it's going to mean, you know, possibly a life changing circumstance, a situation. But when you see how this big machine is operating towards the talent and, and developing these relationships, it, it can't be it can't be all that reassuring. Right. You know, in terms of like wanting to sign up your your next 10 years of your life to work with the studio. That, that's rich coming from Bob Iger, though, in terms of what Bob Chapek did to Scarlett Johansson with all the shit he's been talking on writers and actors during this whole strike. So exactly so that is an aside, but it, it came off as very sexist. Um, everybody knows. I think everybody would agree that she probably should have had her own movie before Captain Marvel. She should have long been time ago. Her standalone um, female superhero uh, film. So to have it, the, the way that it was even produced was jacked up and then you play with her money. You know, what a big worm say, you mess with my money, now you mess with my emotions, right? You <laughs> can't do that to people in the age of social media, in the age where there's so much information that's out there. And in an age where for the most part, People are going to side with the worker, not with the company. Mm -hmm. Right. Fighting a, a, a uphill battle, right? Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Um, speaking of siding with workers as opposed to the companies, Des, we talked about this a lot a few months ago, but the Victoria Alonso situation mm -hmm. and the fact that one of the three pillars of this company who had been there since the beginning is just all of a sudden gone. You know, they already were having problems and then to once again go back to the situation about a woman, a person of color, and a position of power, wanting to explore some really creative opportunities outside of Marvel. She produced a film that was produced by another studio, apparently that, you know, went against her contract. Don't know those details exactly, but allegedly that's the reason she got fired. But it's also no coincidence that she was the head of post-production in VFX, which is mm -hmm. this other huge, massive issue that's been brought up. I mean, 
from a leadership standpoint, when you see the the company itself, the parent company having issues like a Bob Iger and Bob Chapek, and then the studio itself is now losing a very integral part, thus putting probably more pressure on Kevin Feige, who's already stretched thin, that that has to also like raise a red flag about well, what is this next stuff going to look like? I mean, it was already in a very, very tough position, mm-hmm. but now we're we're losing a, a, a key, key component, maybe the most key component to this entire process in VFX and post-production. Like these movies are Ooh. massive visual effects movies. I mean, what, what were your thoughts just on seeing that added on top of all the other issues that we've you know sort of been counting on? Yeah, it's it's. We're literally in. Uh, uh, the world of superheroes, man. And what is more, I think, alarming than the lack of a visual effects leader, right? (laughs) Your visual effects leader stepping out has to be one of the most scary and alarming things for anybody, not only, again, because of the VFX part of it, but because of how strained Kevin Feige already is and potentially having to take on some of those responsibilities of Victoria Alonso exiting and what all that means you know and and it's not like they immediately appoint to someone else like oh this is the new victoria alonzo it's like no she's just gone (laughs) that's that's it for now and we have to we have to make do with what we have it's just scary like what are and brian was saying there's like so many different problems we're saying we're all saying there's so many different problems this thing is it's it's just it's it's all it's all just very alarming man it's like what do you how do you move forward? Why hasn't Marvel stepped up and said, hey, we found a new person to take Victoria Alonzo's spot? Again, not to, you know, not in the spirit of replacing her, but you got to replace, you know what I mean? You got to mm-hmm. literally fill the position. And we haven't done that. And I think um, it's it seems to me like it's shown already, right? In the movies that we've seen, the crazy, weird Thor, Love and Thunder stuff, the Quantum Mania stuff. Again, that that it's that's, that's more than Victoria Alonso missing, right? That's a whole visual effects, too much work needing to be done, not enough time at the same time. But you, I think all of these things combined are creating this 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 vortex of things that we're losing in the process. We never really questioned a lot of those early projects of of Marvel, right? A lot of that stuff looks good to us. A lot of that stuff works for us, and it's weird that we're going backwards and we can't pretend like something like losing a huge executive like Victoria Alonzo, one of those pillars is not uh, attributing to that. I, I think that, uh, well, well, I'm prediction time, prediction time, guys. The VFX studios at Marvel last week voted unanimously to unionize specifically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mark my words after this writer and actor strike is over. There's going to be a strike with the VFX with Marvel. Oh, I, I think it's coming. Bob Iger is so anti-union and he does not seem to want to negotiate in good faith. And now that he doesn't have the other studios pressuring him to play ball, I don't think that that's going to go well. Kevin Feige may try to like clean that stuff and serve as a mediator. You, I, like you said, there's no leadership over there to help with negotiations. Once the writers and the actors get what they deserve, the I, I feel like that was just a response to what was going on at Marvel, period. There's going to be a strike for that, which is going to further delay everything else that they're trying to do over there. Because they're not treating people right. This is how folks and give them more time to do stuff. How hard is that? Or figure out more career. There used to be a time, I'm old enough to remember a time where practical effects were a thing too, right? Oh, what a time that was. A great time. 
without everything being green screen and blue and white balls all over people like mm-hmm. mocap from Mortal Kombat. We, there used to be a time where that wasn't the case. So maybe we can get a little bit more creative, do some more street level uh, type of movies where you don't need a lot of VFX and give these people some space to breathe. Yeah, I, I, I think we have to get there. I mean, because these these budgets have also become so inflated as well. And it's not just due to VFX and the amount of, you know, green screen technology or whatever is used. Like there's a lot of factors to that, but it, it certainly doesn't help with the cost of these movies. And when you produce a movie that costs two fifty, three hundred million dollars, then you have to make so much money in order for it to be successful. Mm-hmm. Thus, the narrative then becomes if it doesn't hit this certain mark, which is typically a billion dollars, then it's considered a failure, which is kind of ludicrous that we've gotten there because it didn't used to be like that. You know, movies mm-hmm. used to come out if they cost, you know, maybe seventy five million or even a hundred million. If you made four or five hundred million, that's really, really good. Like you did pretty good. You're not making boatloads of money, but you've justified the desire to want to come back and do another one to continue on that franchise. And I think we do have to get to that place of like, let's, let's maybe scale some of this, this down, you know, Brian, what you said earlier that I really, really loved is, is the fact that they have now gained this desire to want to do more and they want to grow and their ambition has just gotten so large with Disney plus. And I mean, you're coming off the infinity saga. They, they are literally the Kings of Hollywood undefeated pretty much. But because of that, it's caused, I think, a a pipeline of issues that we're not traditionally used to seeing, because when you have so many things that are in production, there's also just an increased risk that we're not going to see a lot of this stuff for a long time. A lot of things have been delayed. A lot of things are just kind of in flux and up in the air. Blade has been in development for a very long time now, and it continues to go and iterate, you know, throughout its stages of development. We don't even know when that movie's coming out, really. And now the writer's strike, even though it looks like it's, it's at an end, is is also impeding upon that. I think Daredevil has also had some issues as well, just because of the, the the amount of production there. There have been tons of reshoots on shows like Secret Invasion. And I think it shows. It, it shows that there's just a lot of stuff being moved around all the time. I, I remember even Falcon and the Winter Soldier had to add on another few months of reshoots because they took out this storyline that apparently resembled COVID. They didn't want to they didn't want to have a COVID storyline, you know, in that show. But what, what, what does that do to you as a fan? Like, does that does that impede upon your excitement? Does, does it become a point to where sometimes like this behind the scenes stuff, all of this, this minutia becomes like more of the focal point than, to the franchise and the actual product itself, which is where you never want to be? I think that, uh, first of all, as an aside, I was so excited after leaving Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I'm like, Marvel is back. It's, it made my top five of the summer. Mm-hmm. And then Secret Invasion drops. And it's quite literally, not figuratively, I want to be be very clear, the worst show I've seen probably in five years. It was so bad. I don't think that there's any, you know, there's, they got those 19, oh, 1970s weird movies from Disney on Disney, Disney Plus right now you can watch that are just, mm-hmm. those are better than, than Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion is shit. And it's like Sam <laughs> Jackson in it, you know, you're excited. I don't know what they did to that show. Um, but now the Marvels has to over overperform. Mm, yeah, so we're talking about that up and down, and up and down, up and down. Now the Marvels, and I think Iman Bellani is maybe the most likable person in the MCU that nobody knows. I'm yeah. glad that the writer strikes ending. Maybe the actor strike can end quick enough to where they can they need to put her everywhere and yes. her out there and get her an interview so that she can promote that movie and hopefully promote Marvel again. But, um. I feel like the delays as well as the amount of content 
it looked very the, the amount of content was very enticing. I was I was just excited as everybody else. But uh, even with the delays, and then on top of that, just how much stuff there is, we don't have an actual Avengers movie to what 2025, 2026. Avengers Endgame was 2019. We have been introducing character after character after character, and we have no idea how these pieces are going to fit. Shang-Chi was one of my favorite characters in, in, in Phase 4. Have not seen him since that film, not even for a cameo at the end of a movie, at the end of a TV show. Nothing. You get nothing from him. You get nothing from um, so many of these other characters that they introduced that I don't know why people would care. They need to... And Bob Iger has hinted that he's going to try to push for this, or he is going to push for this. They need to shrink their content down. He wants to do it for financial reasons. I think they need to do it for creative reasons and really try to focus, get people invested in what they've already shared with us. Um, if not, I just don't think pe people are just not going to care anymore. Mm -hmm. People just aren't going to care. This is the, 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 the age of now, right? Des, is it just, you know, a situation of they're, they're, they're just going after too much? You know, when, when you when you have so much that you're juggling, uh, not only are you oversaturating the product that you're trying to sell, but you are also creating many, many new problems for yourself that you didn't necessarily have to deal with before. And we've added an animation pipeline. We can't forget mm. that that's also a part of this 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 large yeah. equation as well. So, I mean, what what would that look like? Is it is it just purely scaling back on the amount of things that they produce or or is it possibly examining just i don't know maybe just the way that that, that that things are doled out you know in terms of like how often we receive them or maybe the scale of them maybe maybe they don't have to necessarily invest you know a certain amount of resources into a certain property and they can like shrink it down instead of six episodes we can just do like the one episode specials that they've been trying to do what, what would you you know sort of say to that that possible solution i i think a mix of all of this would be a a, a good solution man i think imagine I don't know. The Infinity Saga is happening. Disney Plus happens and they're like, all right, guys, we need three shows and three movies in the same year. And everyone's like, OK, wait a second. You know what I mean? Like, what's going on here? What are you asking from us? You know how hard it is to make those all of those projects intersect uh, in that moment. You have to literally figure out you just got you had a meeting. <laughs> Disney had a meeting like, look, y'all, we got all these shows. Now we need it. We need all of these to be in the same universe, but they're all coming out in the same year. That's why nothing feels connected. There's no time to figure out how to connect anything. How can you possibly sit down and get that done when two weeks, everything's due <laughs> in two weeks, you know what I mean? And so I think there's a, a, I think a mix of everything you said, Jordan, is, is would be the answer. One, of course, slow down, make it so, I don't know, make, things aren't as intentional, I feel like, as they used to be, right? Uh, I feel like back when we when we used to get other phases, you you could kind of see the foreseeable future. Right now, we know the future, but we can't. The pieces in the in between don't make any sense to us. We're like, okay, yeah, Kang Dynasty. What what does that mean? I knew Thanos was coming. Avengers one, <laughs> even before that, you know mm -hmm. what I mean. We knew Thanos was coming. Right now. I mean, Kang is coming, but we don't know what the in between really means and what that looks like. There's there's no sprinkle of infinity stones there's no sprinkle of this is the incursions haven't start happening for the secret wars like we are and what just, does he even want at this point you know what what is his goal what is king's we don't even know what he wants it was very easy for thanos to have a post-credit scene and fit uh, the infinity gauntlet pops up you know what i mean like we knew what was happening but it's because they knew their intention they knew what they were going for and so i i 
part of me doesn't even I'm not even sure they know exactly what they're going for 100 percent um if they do the the middle ground is too muddled our, our 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 path there is too muddled for us to understand but I think we can get there if we slow down and connect the dots intentionally again it doesn't feel as intentional as it used to it feels like all right let's get it out and we'll figure it out later that didn't that's not really what it used to feel like it didn't really feel like always figure it out later it felt like at some point they were like yeah they got this together we're on a journey right now it feels like we're on a journey with marvel not marvel leading the journey themselves it's kind of what it what it what it feels like and that's that doesn't that's not okay no doubt i i have a a, a really my all my solution i'm gonna do my do you want my solutions for this to go from the least hot to the most hot or start at the hottest take possible and they work my way down i, I got all let, let's let's build up if you if you know in terms of like how you would solve this you know let's start with like the least the the the, the lukewarm version right. and He's then work it. yeah and work up to that to that real hot scorching hot stuff well to me the 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 easiest thing to do right now especially if they want to continue to pump out content for um uh Disney plus which was obviously based off of all of the um the end credit scenes we're getting in the movies and stuff they were all trying to lead into tv shows that's fine make your money disney plus go ahead and recalibrate all of phase five and phase six and be very direct and say these properties are marvel knights they have nothing to do with uh secret wars or the king dynasty or any of those types of this they have their own small story going on this section is just x-men like actually give us um, because that's the way comics work, not everything crosses, mm -hmm. even on crossover events, not everything crosses into those events. Mm -hmm. People who don't read comics or maybe not understand that world that they're trying to recreate in the MCU needs that explained to them, and the MCU needs to, to be faithful to that, right? So, yeah, don't if you want to keep all the content because you need the money, fine, just break it out and say, okay, these are the characters you need to follow if you want to follow Kang Dynasty. Uh, Daredevil is not going to have anything to do with the uh, the Secret Wars. He didn't have anything to do with the original one anyway, right? Uh, mm -hmm. The Punisher or whoever you want to... Blade doesn't have anything to do with Secret Wars. This is mm -hmm. all within its own world. And so that's the first thing. Or this is just the Young Avengers. The Young Avengers are going to have its own thing. Like, break out something that's a little bit more easy for fans to follow so that the expectations aren't this high. I think people's expectations are too high. Mm. So that's my first take. Uh, that's lukewarm. My spiciest take is um, abandoning abandon Secret Wars. Period. Um, get out of that. That's oh, I that think is, that that's pretty. That's pretty. Yeah, that 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 is a hot take to just like yeah, we're not doing that anymore. The only things that have played into Secret Wars really, if we think about it, mm -hmm. uh, Loki and Loki season yep. two coming, uh, WandaVision, yep. and Universe of Madness. And I guess if you want to count what if, we can talk about what if too. Mm -hmm. Everything else has been pretty self-contained, I feel like. And nobody's connecting those dots. Anyway, I think you can finish off Kang Dynasty um, and not be Secret Force just do like a Kang Dynasty thing and do like a Loki Season 3 and finish that story arc and be done with it. That way you get past that Jonathan Majors issues if it doesn't clear it up. And you have, you can accelerate into something pretty fantastic within the next couple of years instead of waiting to 2026, 2027 to get another Avengers film. So I would get rid of King Dynasty. I would get rid of, I know X-Men is coming. I wouldn't do it. And I wouldn't do Fantastic Four. They're because yeah. they don't have space for it. 
And also, I have this feeling with X-Men, I'm hoping it's not the case, but I feel like it will be. They're going to be really trying to uh, focus on the Chris Claremont era of X-Men like they've been doing for so long over and over and over again. And I'm not interested in any of those stories anymore. I would rather have some more new things come through. Yes, House of X. House of X. House of X, or I was even thinking if they were going to introduce X-Men into the, M- the MCU, the Messiah Complex makes the most sense to me. Oh, that mm-hmm. would be good, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, be born. Because they've been hinting at, at, at mutants. You can say mutants have been underground and now they have to protect this baby or whatever. Kind of do something like a, a Children's of Men type of storyline with, mm-hmm. with the Messiah Complex. That's what I would do. But I, would, I wouldn't I would do any uh, Fantastic Four or X-Men just because I don't think that they're going to do them right. And I think it's already too oversaturated with heroes that we don't even know we're supposed to be connected with or not. So that's my two. I mean, that that is uh, that 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 is a radical change. But I think I think we are kind of in a time of radical change where they really need to assess and think about, like, is this where we want to go? Because, you know, with Secret Wars, King Dynasty, as you said, those movies aren't coming out for another three, four, maybe five years, depending on just Mm -hmm. like timelines. And if we just have to continue to ride this out the way that it's been riding out. Yeah, we're 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 not doing well. You know, it's a pretty bad situation. We just assembled the Avengers already. I don't. Why is the first big group that we get in this Thunderbolts? Nobody gives a shit about the Thunderbolts. I keep saying that that doesn't that it doesn't make make sense. Those anyway. So that's what we're leading up to. The end phase five is the Thunderbolts. Get out of here. Give me an Avengers movie with Miss Marvel with Sean. Yep. With uh, uh, Ironheart, with the new Black Pit, like put like put the team together and have them face. Um, I can't think of a major threat they haven't um, they haven't uh, dealt with yet, but there's so many litany of villains that they could do, um, and just be done with it and forget this all this other stuff that they're doing. Thunderbolts, nobody cares about it. I'm sorry, Marvel, they don't. You haven't made us care. There's nothing. I'm looking at the slate now. There's nothing coming up. Is Brave New World going to make me think about care about the Thunderbolts? I doubt it because I don't care about Brave New World. So, <laughs> so that, that, that's my next question for you is, you know, as, as we wrap up here, like, is there anything that does excite you, you know, that is coming out over the next year, couple of years? It could be movie or TV. Uh, may, maybe it is something that can, like, lead into, like, some of the things you're suggesting. But is there is there one project that sticks out for you? Um, Loki season two, I'm excited for, even though they have uh, uh, Jonathan. Ma- and I'm not I'm not uh, putting Jonathan Majors into prison or anything yet, because there is really, to me, hasn't been enough to come out to say, one way mm-hmm. a lawyer um it's all public opinion right now mm-hmm. but um i am excited about uh agatha and daredevil whenever it comes in terms of movies and also i actually thought phase four movies were pretty good um pretty good is is relative to what we've seen in like phase three but uh no <laughs> Avengers, the Kang Dynasty, Avengers, the Secret Wars. I don't care about any of those. Mm-hmm. That says a lot about where Deadpool we are. Three, Deadpool 3, I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, the Marvels has my, because I would say that Mon Villani is probably the best thing that came out of the TV sh- series um, to me in terms of a character, a fully fleshed out character. Um, That that's where I think a lot of us are there where a lot of us are like, yeah, there's a couple of things. But like, by and large, I'm not looking at a full slate like, oh, I can't wait for everything that they're about to drop. Like it used to feel that way, but it doesn't really feel that way anymore. You know? Kevin Feige needs to get a bunch of like do some um, um, 
get some groups in to do some product, not product placement, but you know how they like do like testers with they ask like uh, fans questions and stuff. Yeah, focus I, groups and stuff. Yeah. Most of them are not going to care about Kang Dynasty. Give yourself permission to pivot. Nobody knows what's going on with that anyway. And do something different. Do something different. Continue to give. And one thing that Marvel's done that really that I really do like is that they've given really good directors creative control during phase four, for the most part. I think that Chloe mm-hmm. Zhao, what she did with Internals, Internals is the best looking film that they've ever created to me. Cinema, not not visual effects wise. You know, visual effects are really good there too. But the 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 shots and the sequence and the filters she put on her lens. Landscapes. The yeah. Landscapes, the way that she was able to change slightly the way that film looked as they traveled forward in time. Um, and a lot of themes that they did with that show. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and incredible. Um, I think that uh, James Gunn, obviously, you can go on and on and on. They did really good with their movie in terms of trying to tell a story. It's just that when it's just that I think people were not connecting to some of these films because they didn't know where they were leading. If if we didn't have the idea that they were leading somewhere, um, then we wouldn't be a big issue. Eternals, I know Eternals has the issue. I'm a, I'm a I'm always going to apologize for Eternals. Eternals should have been a TV show. They should have mm-hmm. gave the Rings of Power House of Dragon treatment and gave her a bunch of money and made like a six, seven, eight episode TV show. And it would have been because that's it was just too too packed with stuff. That was the main issue. Exactly. Um Moon Knight should have been a a movie. So you could have switched those two and been good. So um continue to get good directors. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Brian, I, I think I, I love I love your suggestions. I think I think you 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 presented a really compelling plan, and that permission to pivot is another important point that I do want them to remember that sometimes like the pivots like you have to take, even though that they might be challenging. So we really really appreciate you hopping on today to help us talk about the MCU and to help us celebrate the 200th episode of Two Black Nerds. Before we officially get out of here, can you just let the people know where they can find you, what you got going on? Absolutely. I just want to say again. Uh, if this is your first of the 200 uh, Two Black Nerds uh, episodes, go back and watch the archives of them or listen to the archives. I, Spotify is my app of choice, but you use whatever you want. Um, these guys really know their stuff and they're entertaining. Um, they do watch along sometimes. That's fun too. Uh, check them out. Uh, you can check me out at Brian Knows Movies. That's B R Y O N Knows Movies on YouTube. And on my website, BrianNosMovies.com, that's where I'm the most active. I do some stuff on Insta and Facebook here and now um, as well. Mainly Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, I have See It, a show about movies and stuff. And we talk about the latest news in movies, and I do some reviews and trivia and just have some fun. Amazing. Thank you for those kind words, man. I mean, that 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 is amazing to hear. I appreciate that for sure. I yes. know we both appreciate that. And mm-hmm. we appreciate you coming on to share all of your knowledge and expert opinion on the MCU. And uh, yeah, man, we'll, we'll, we'll do this again sometime. We'll, we'll try to make this happen for again sure. soon and bring you back and, and we can talk about some more stuff. For sure. 100%. Absolutely. But until then, man, take care. Appreciate you hopping on today. Thank you. All right, we are joined by two more very, very special guests helping us celebrate the 200th episode of Two Black Nerds and here to talk about all things MCU with us. We have the fellas from Two Dudes Watch Cartoons, an incredible podcast that you can go check out right now. Evan and Alex are both here. How are you guys doing today? Fantastic. Doing well. Congrats on 200 episodes. 
two black nerds two dudes 200 episodes we're, yeah, uh, if, if you're into that sort of thing who's the number today <laughs> you see the vision for sure we're, we're yeah. gonna be we're gonna be playing up on that a lot yeah. for sure but uh yeah. thank you <laughs> thank you so much really really appreciate that so a- as we mentioned as as, as the listeners know we're, we're talking about the mcu and we're talking about the mcu from all angles and and we have a specific topic that we want to address with you guys i think a really really important topic especially considering the past few years of where the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been. But but before we get to that, I just want to start with a quick question. If you had to sum up your feelings towards the MCU right now in like a quick sentence, it can be like seven, eight words, just a statement. What what would you say? What what would describe your overall attitude and feelings and I guess just general responses to the MCU? Uh, Evan, let's start with you. Uh, as, as brief as I can put it, I would say, I think I'm good on it. I've had my time. <laughs> not bad. I, I, mine's similar. I would have to say, like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Like, I can look back on it fun. Mm, mm-hmm. you know, that's how I'll put it. Wow. Yeah. We're, we're putting it behind yeah. us. I can look back. That's <laughs> the good old days. They, they, they're gone, you know? Okay. Uh-huh. I love that. That 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 is, you know, that is interesting. But I do think that um I, I've heard similar things. I've heard similar, I think, apathetic feelings like, you know, it 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 had its time and maybe it's just not its time anymore. It'll still be here, but it might just look a lot different than than what we're used to. But what we're gonna talk about specifically today with you guys is I think probably if I had to call out like one of the bigger challenges, it, it this would be like at the top of the list, probably. It's the quantity versus quality, I guess, sort of issue that exists. This, 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 this conundrum that they have because after Avengers Endgame, we know that Disney Plus launched and that necessitated a ton of new projects, a ton of new TV shows, specials. I mean, they just ramped up their output so significantly. We, we used to get three mm-hmm. movies a year and we would be like, oh my God, three Marvel movies a year. It's incredible. And now we have. Mm-hmm four movies a year and maybe five TV shows and a special you you can never yeah. really get away from it. What, what what are your thoughts just about the fact that now it, it really does feel like I think just the, the 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 overall ethos over there does feel like more of a quantity play as opposed to the quality that I think we're used to where they focused on just a few specific projects from year to year. For me, I think a big part of it was between the number of shows and movies they had. So Phase four is all of 2021 and all of 2022. But like, if you look back on phase one, it was 2008 to 2012. They really just had so much more room to breathe. I really think when the Disney plus era started, there was like a general excitement. Like I was so thrilled. I was like, Oh Mm -hmm. wow. We're going to get Marvel TV shows like regularly. Cause I also was a huge Daredevil fan. I was like, I know Mm -hmm. Marvel can make great TV shows, but I I just think the the speed at what they were putting things out, especially at early 2021, like all of 2021 was just it was breakneck. And it really Mm -hmm. I, I mean, just all of those projects really start to blend together. There's some highlights between them, but it's just absolutely crazy the number of things they shoved in in a shorter amount of time than they norm than they used to. Yeah, I was reading up on it a little bit, and Phase Four, uh, I think, consists of 20, 21 properties between film and TV. And if you think about getting up to Endgame, that's two thousand eight to. 2017 
that was like 20 ish movies over the course of eight years. And we get that condensed into three years. Uh, so there is the, the quantity thing, but the other obstacle that I think Marvel and perhaps DC faces a lot of these fan fandom based franchises is I think we've reached the furthest corners of these respective universes where the casual viewer cares. I remember at one point, uh, I think after the Hawkeye series or in the middle of it, they announced like an echo show. And she was like a henchman in, in that. I was like, who is asking for this? What's going on? So I've, I think they've they've pushed the bounds. Up. They've like found mm-hmm. the boundary of like where the casual viewer is willing to take that leap of faith into them. And a lot of people have left them sort of stranded there. That's like Agatha. Like they, there was one hit song in WandaVision and they were like, oh, you get a series now. Like it yeah. was almost like a joke at one point. Yeah, yeah. They, they they've made room for a lot of that, I think. And it, it, it's mm-hmm. a really interesting proposition to say, like, well, yeah, how many how many people are you expecting to really, I think, have a connection with this? Like, who is the audience for some of these things? Because it does mm-hmm. it does feel, I think, a bit questionable at times. But um, Des, I want to ask you something specifically, uh, sort of alluding to that point about just like tapping into the furthest corners of these respective universes and comics it, it, it's deep it's really really deep I it mean, is we can, we can go way deeper you know even than what they're <laughs> doing right now but is that even is that even necessary i mean just based on like tv movies are they're a different medium and and mm-hmm. i find that it's hard to it's hard to miss something when it's just always there you know it's it's, yeah. it's hard to have some enthusiasm for a new release mm-hmm. when you're constantly getting these new things on a very mm-hmm. very consistent mm-hmm. basis you know what, what would you say to that like is it is it one of those things where it maybe it is like more of a speed issue as as alex was saying as opposed to the quantity of it or is it just you know we need to dial back entirely and just reconsider like how many projects we're green lighting I, I like the idea of a speed issue because i don't think i don't think post infinity saga everyone was like all right let's just get a movie every single year again we i think we were excited about disney plus shows because it was it would allow us to i think enrich the mcu weekly mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. i think that yeah. was a different idea that's a different idea than like let's just turn it up eight notches <laughs> and continue to turn you know what i mean um and, and i think another problem about this kind of to evan's point is is the the casual viewer can no longer sit here and go mm. i think i know exactly what's happening here and enjoy that we have 100%. we've we've run out of theme park characters <laughs> Does that yeah. make sense? Like yeah. we go to yeah. Universal Studios, we've done it all. We've done the whole, yeah. we've done, we've done everything you can do at Universal Studios. Now we are, we are now past theme park heroes, and, and what we're trying to and in in the MCU is trying to figure that out. They say, okay, how do we market those heroes past that? And so I I, I and I think their idea is like they, we have so many characters, we just have to put out as much as we can. We have to mm-hmm. stay. We have to put out shows to explain that we have new characters. We need to put out movies mm. to say we have new characters. Mm-hmm. But I think that's not the way to go. Because though we're talking about the casual viewer, they we have to remember we started with Iron Man. Do you know how many people knew who Iron Man was when Iron Man came out? It's not a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Iron Man, it's almost- I would, <laughs> he's almost not even a theme park superhero if you think about it. No mm-hmm. one's getting it's- on the Iron Man roller coaster because there's not one. You know what I'm saying? And so I think there are ways to buy into characters like that. You just have to take your time. Example, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. So it's it's definitely a, it's definitely like 
I, again, I don't think it's a let's full stop, but there are definitely paces that you can go to get people to buy mm-hmm. land the way that you need them to. And I do think Kevin has addressed some of this. I don't know how seriously they'll take it, but I do think they've started to slow down a bit. I think another thing that has just really hurt phase four and the quality of it is because of the quantity, every project has to end open-ended. You have to leave your character available to (laughs) be in whatever project may come in the future. They can't be off in uh, they can't end on the moon because they might need to be in black panther 3 or or doctor strange and we just don't know mm-hmm. yet so every m- movie starts and ends almost at the same part in, in phase 4 and it really kind of bugs me and, and i've is once you notice it it's like really hard to I, the biggest example was ant-man nothing happened like for ant-man nothing happened in the movie like he started and ended in the exact he he almost didn't even learn anything i'd argue and it's it's a result of because they are pumping so many things out so fast they're flying a little by the seat of their pants and they're like no 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 no. get the guardians away from thor like you know we we explored none of that because they need to be in their own movie and then at the end even like even the beautiful ending of guardians and i know that's phase five it still leaves it open-ended for wherever they need to pick up next. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you brought up a lot there, um, Alex, about, I think, production-related things that you know many people probably mm-hmm. don't think about. But because of the quantity and because of how many different proje- projects we're getting, it's inevitable that we're going to run into these delays and these issues mm-hmm. with continuity and who has to be available. Yeah. And now we're hearing that a lot of the actors – aren't even willing to sign longer contracts like they used to. They don't want to be locked Which into six crucial. or seven movies. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. that, that also affects their, their ability to tell stories and how they leave off their characters. Evan, do, do you feel like because we are just getting so much that now we're probably getting close, if not, if not already being there to a place of just feeling desensitized. Like when, when they, when they announce a delay, when something gets pushed back, I don't even care anymore. Cause I'm just like, it's going to happen. Like when you have 30 projects that are coming down the pipeline, there's no way any of these are going to hit their marks because of things beyond your control. Like the strikes, of course, that are happening. COVID was a big thing, but then also just production stuff. Like they, they, they did multiple reshoots. I think like four or five reshoots for secret invasion. So is it even, is it even a thing where it's like, we can, we can even be excited anymore just because we know that there's so much on the plate that they have. Um, personally i am not really at that place anymore but i do want to say i i i know i've come in harsh uh so far but phase four i had a lot of hope and emotion invested into it it started off so strong with the disney plus series loki wandavision falcon and winter soldier was a little bit of a a miss, but those those three together sort of show the promise of phase four. And, and like you're saying now, we're we're a little bit desensitized to it. Like back then when Disney Plus launched, maybe a delay, maybe I would have felt something. Now mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I was honestly trying to think of what has even come out in 2023. And without looking it up, I wouldn't have been able to tell you because like Ant Man was pretty bad i think was that this year i've i've no clue or like this year <laughs> yeah they they just come out think, they yeah, yeah aren't very good they have no overall like it doesn't affect it used to the be overarching an story yeah 
It's yeah. just like another Going day to a Marvel park. movie. Me and Evan were fresh, like young college kids. And we busted out of Captain America and we were like screaming America for two weeks straight. Like we <laughs> were thrilled by that movie. And I don't leave like I left Thor Love and Thunder like for the first time in in. 23 plus years of superhero movies like i was like maybe i've outgrown superhero movies when i left <laughs> thor love and thunder like i was questioning like i was like oh my god maybe this isn't for me anymore yeah and when no. he says captain america he means the first avenger like yeah, the first i mean the one. weakest wow, the weakest yeah. of the three it's i, I still think and we were a fun movie. <laughs> yeah oh we had such a great time yeah but that yeah. Feeling... we were on a boat remember we were jumping off yeah sorry go on <laughs> no 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 you're fine that that feeling I, th- I think that's important like the way that mm-hmm. they could capture you in that way even mm-hmm. though it wasn't the greatest movie, I still I think it's underrated. I, I think it, it it holds up incredibly well. But that mm-hmm. feeling of excitement yes. and knowing that, like, there was so much ahead Darn. of us. And and when you find out, like, oh, the Avengers, like, really might be a thing here. And we're slowly getting there and they took their time. I think all of that yeah. stuff, it, it plays a big factor into our just general reaction and feelings to these things, because I do feel a little apathetic when I go into a movie now, a Marvel movie specifically. I'm just not as I'm just not yeah. as excited as I used to be like that, that that feeling and that emotion isn't quite the same way unless it's like the biggest thing that they ever do, like Spider-Man No Way Home, where you when you know you're going to see something special. But that happens. Mm-hmm. That happens so rarely. It's 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 few and far I'd argue between. that's the only event of Phase Four is yeah. is Spider-Man. Yeah. Which and you know what? This is another just state of the union where Marvel's at. Like Eternals, in my opinion, was one of Marvel's strongest post-Endgame projects, but the fans hated it, and so like. <laughs> That was really honestly, that was really discouraging to me because I was like, Marvel's not going to make more movies like this if everyone freaking hates it so exactly. much. So, yeah, that that worried me. But um, that that was all. I don't even have anything. No, <laughs> no, for sure. I, I think I think that that's a, a reasonable concern. Um, Des, w- with with just the amount of stuff that we're getting uh on a on a consistent basis. I mean, they've they've talked about dialing back. We've heard Bob Iger, Kevin Feige say like we're going to focus a little bit more on quality, but. I, what, what's a potential upside of having so much, so much, you know, at our fingertips, you know, so many offerings. I, I you, you do risk the possibility of alienating the casual fan, but you know, I don't know, maybe some of these like really deep cut projects that like werewolf by night would have never happened seven years That's ago. True. It's like, wow, true. that, that exists. That's a really creative thing that they did. And a ton I of people love, probably yeah. didn't watch it, but it was, it was really cool, you know? And I think it, it mm-hmm. speaks to just, you know, where they're going, trying to, I think, a shoe a little closer to the comics like what what could be the upside of just like offering all these different tone styles variety of projects that, that that are coming out i think you said it i think it really is the 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 moment in the mcu if they were again if they decided to keep up this 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 uh quantity thing of what really it feels like to have a comic book tuesday right like comic books come out mm-hmm. every tuesday it's like oh i get to pick this i get to pick that this this and that and that really is i think uh, uh, I think the benefit of that is having a choice, right? Versus right now, what we have in the MCU is you have to watch this. That's what they try <laughs> to make you feel like. Right? We don't, yeah. ne- we don't necessarily feel like that anymore. That we have kind of since lost that. But this used to be the original feeling, right? Like you got to go see the Marvel movie, or else you're going to miss yeah. out on everything. There is something about this new, again, oversaturation that you could say 
I think I just kind of want to cater my own experience. And I think if you have all of these things going on at the same time with different fields, with different, you know, uh, projects happening, these, these smaller characters, <laughs> if you're not a completionist, these smaller characters, it could be cool for somebody to be like, you know, I'm only going to pay attention to, I don't know, the dark sides of the MCU. I'm only going to watch Daredevil, Blade, and however dark something else. Get, or, you know what I'm saying? Deadpool is. I'm going to watch the rated R mm -hmm. stuff. And somebody could do that and, and and say, I'm satisfied. And I think those that's a benefit of this oversaturation thing going on. Again, and of course, it has its downfalls, as we can see <laughs> right now. But I think that's something that could come out of that if they had done it the correct way. Sure. Yeah. Comic Book Tuesday is a, a great like because that's what I was hoping for when it started. I, I didn't mm -hmm. put it in those terms, but that was what I was hoping for. Yeah, and uh, you know, let me give Marvel its 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 due because I'm I'm forgetting Werewolf by Night. I'm forgetting mm. uh, She Hulk, you know, mm -hmm. as underrated or as much flack as it got. That was one of my favorite things that came about in Phase Four, and we wouldn't have got that without the quantity, you know, without Marvel having to branch out and find more things to explore. Now I want to bring this back to something Des said. It's the the theme park. I think when they're going forward. Uh, and picking stories to choose, I think they seriously need to consider the theme park character aspect of it because Shang-Chi, billion-dollar movie, can you get a Halloween costume of him? It's just a guy in a red shirt. Like, they need more visually. <laughs> they they used up all of their theme park characters sort of in phase one. They need to mm -hmm. find some of the more interesting costumes and designs and characters to explore for, for you know, the future of the MCU. Yeah. Yeah, there's there there's definitely a, that's a great point. There's a bigger play, you know. There there's a whole experience mm -hmm. that they have to you know sort of cater to, which you know sort of leads me to my next, I guess, thought or question that I want to ask you all. Um, it from from a quantity perspective, it is it is it an issue of the medium as well? Like because they have invested so much into Disney Plus as 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 their next device to 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 you know sort of bring to life a lot of these stories. Like, would they benefit more from implementing something closer to what Star Wars does, where you're getting games, you're getting a couple of shows a year, mm. you're getting these one-off, you know, sort of Star Wars visions projects that are just, like, really cool and creative side things. If you want to watch it, you Ooh. can. If not, no big deal. Like, I just wonder, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe maybe they're not flexing enough, enough different styles and enough different methods in terms of telling their stories. Because right now, the six-episode format to the show, it already Ooh. feels old. It feels tired. Like... We have nine or ten of those, you know, so how many more of those six episode shows do we need? So what, what do you guys think about possibly just switching up the method and how they communicate some of these stories? I really like possibly the video game route. I've always thought Marvel's been lacking in the video game department, and, and I'm surprised they haven't. And I'm sure it's coming, but I feel like, you know, you got to strike while it's hot. So that is always something I've been missing. Uh, while you were saying that, what actually came to mind is because I hate the six episode format. It's so formulaic, even across like all Disney Plus shows. I, I, you, there's a map on how it goes. I, I think they should just stick to like the shorts. Like the Guardians of the Galaxy short was great. Werewolf by Night is great. Like give us a couple shorts. Don't make us invest a month and a half of this when. Like I said, it starts and ends at very similar points because they, they can't take it too far off off track. And um, I guess that was the, like what I liked about Loki, though, is it had like real world consequences. I'm veering off track a little. Just a thought that came to mind. I'm so sorry. 
it used to pay, you used to as a Marvel fan, it paid off to watch every single property, but you didn't have to. It does not feel like there's payoff watching every single property anymore. Mm, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There there's been a lot of these series where it's like, well, did we really need that? Because if I just hop into Captain where did America we go? Four, yes. where where was the actual like what's yes. the, the the necessary point that I needed to like invest that time into? Because if I if I just watch in game and then I come to Cap Four, it's like, well, yeah, he got the shield, so he's Cap now. He got it, so yeah, he's good now. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> of, yeah. I didn't um, need the emotional <laughs> turmoil that he took to get there. No, but it's good. It it does add, but it doesn't it doesn't feel like the same payoff it used to. Right. Yeah. I think Falcon and Winter Soldier is the perfect example to t- to sort of discuss the format. Right. If you're gonna do TV. Do TV. Falcon and Winter Soldier was a 90-minute movie that they painstakingly dragged out to to six episodes or whatever. Andor is the shining example of you can make really compelling television in the format of television. Yes. Just don't, you know, play to the strengths of the medium. Don't try and jam something into a shoot it doesn't fit into. I think that's they need to play more if they're going to do the six episode format. They need to play into it better. Yeah, She that, Hulk that, half hour comedy, great, love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Des, what do you think about that? Like the, fa- I mean, it does feel like that they've somewhat limited themselves. Like WandaVision and She Hulk veer into the half hour comedy, but a lot of these shows, same format, same formula. But I mean, there's 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 so many ways to do TV. Like we we've seen there it. There's is. so many examples of like how you can be really creative. What what could that look like? You know, possibly for for the future of what they do. Yeah, you and I have talked about this, man. There's there's just too much good TV on for Marvel yes. to be acting like this and to be <laughs> acting like the shows don't deserve more. Um, That's and so, so why true. are we doing why are we doing, you know what I'm saying? Why are we ha- why are we doing six episodes of anything when the best TV shows are all doing 10, 13, 23, some of them? You yeah. know what I'm saying? What I just don't understand the formula that they thought was going to succeed when we often don't see six episodes of anything succeed unless it's a limited series. And usually those limited series have a decent amount of episodes. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so, you know, I don't, it just, it's just really weird. I don't really know uh, uh, what what they're going for there. And so, I, I again, I'm just looking for, I think that creativity piece is very important, right? I think them saying, hey, guys, Daredevil is going to be longer this time. That's a step in the right direction to me. Great. Mm-hmm. Because... Not only is that normal TV, you know, the, yeah. the more episodes, but it's also Daredevil. It's Daredevil. We've already gotten Daredevil to be 13 yeah. episodes, you know, even more. So why aren't we already following that format? Mm-hmm. In fact, why didn't they think of that the first time? Why didn't they say <laughs> Daredevil works, yeah. Luke Cage kind of worked. We don't talk about Iron Fist, Jessica yeah. Jones worked. <laughs> why didn't we just say, let's follow that? And mm-hmm. that clearly mm-hmm. made sense. I don't know why they thought this was going to be like, the thing again, this this is all probably production things. This is all probably budget mm-hmm. things. This is all yeah. probably we don't have too much time things. But we knew they they had something already kind of in the pocket in the back of their heads that they knew would probably work. So yeah, I, I think the one of my last point is if the first two didn't work, why are we still doing it? Where are we going? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are we doing if we're all talking about it there's probably plenty of podcasts just like this we're all having the same conversation and i know marvel has heard plenty of these episodes mm-hmm. and plenty of this feedback why you better not come out with a tv show next year better not be like 
up oh, Ironheart is here in the six <laughs> episodes. I will throw <laughs> everything away because yeah. it just doesn't make any sense. Give us a short movie. Listen. Do you know it's a short movie? Do you know how bad of a job you have to be doing for animated movies to to come out of retirement (laughs) to course correct? That that that, yes, Bob Iger is literally like this isn't working. Why why are we why are we using this for like we have to we have to reassess this because I think Mm -hmm. I think what you said earlier, Evan, about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like even the medium and like thinking about that conversation, like some of these things. And I guess to tie back to the quantity quality conversation, some of these things have been just stretched out so much to a degree in which they should not have been, you know, the, these were designed mm-hmm. to be movies that all of a sudden mm-hmm. now we have to feed this pipeline mm-hmm. for television. And so we're creating a quantity issue when we don't have to, it, it's almost yeah. like an unforced <laughs> error. You know what I mean? Like if you just yes. gave us literally a, a uh-huh. fire two hour movie, I think a lot more people would be like, okay, people would that was Love great. It. It Even was, if yeah. it was straight to Disney Plus, they yeah, mm-hmm. they'd Fine. be all yes. about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm 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 not mad at that at all. I'm like, not mad at it. Yep. We we've seen yeah. it work with other examples, and so it is an unforced error where you you make us feel like we have to dedicate. Okay, now it's like six more weeks, and I know it's probably not going to be good, and it's going to follow the same mm-hmm. formula and in the same yeah. ambiguous way. It becomes really tiring. You don't need, so. need to jump back into uh, you need episode one, episode mm-hmm. four. And probably five, but a six is the other one that you'll need. Yeah, yeah. like five minutes of six, but, uh, and then just I think wrap the, it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other issue, and it's another production thing, and I think this started because of COVID, which is you know unfortunate and no one's fault. But I think a lot of reason things aren't like connected, or you haven't even seen the hand is I don't think they knew when that everything was going to get released. They shot a ton of stuff and they were like, well, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out the timeline of what's going to get released later, but they can't, you know, they're like, oh, well, we don't know if Eternals will be out yet. We don't know if we should mention the hand here or not. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I remember at, at the first Comic-Con post Endgame when they announced phase mm-hmm. four, I left thinking, wow, it's going to be the shortest phase but it's only yeah. going to be like eight <laughs> projects. Like we're going to get like eight bangers in two years and we're going to keep moving. No, no, if we were only. quite fooled. If, no. if only they announced like uh-huh. seven more, probably when they figured out, you know, more solidified production timelines and when they would release it. And so yeah. all of a sudden you have a much bigger investment on your hand. So it, it became it became quite, quite massive. Um, I got two questions so, that I want to ask you guys before we before we wrap up here. Oh, no, go go ahead. You can go ahead. I was just going to say, do you guys think this is Disney Plus's fault? Like without Disney Plus, do they stay the course and they're fine? Man, that's a really great question. I. I think I think it's the way that Disney Plus has been has been deployed and utilized. I think Disney Plus in and of itself Mm -hmm. can be excellent for certain things and for certain Mm -hmm. avenues of stories that they want to tell. But it's the way that they have consistently gone back to say every quarter we need a Marvel show, (laughs) just like we need a a Star Wars show, because stakeholders are going to be asking, like, where is that Marvel show? And so when you adhere to that type of timeline, we're in trouble because it it should never work that way. Like, I know it's a business. We we all understand that. But when you're starting to adhere to that sort of timeline, I think that that's when you start to really risk people being, you know, burnt out and becoming really tired with it. It never used to feel like a business. I am curious on what would have happened if no Disney Plus never became a thing. Right. How do Mm -hmm. you then the question is like, well, how does Moon Knight come in? Is there a Moon Knight movie now? Oh, is there a Moon Knight? Maybe he's just he... in something else. They try to like work him in Eternals. Yeah, they yeah, probably don't make a they Moon probably Knight just movie. Start, 
they probably just start sliding people into other projects and that's then, how they which used to do would a lot be of more the fun yeah that's how which we get I a lot would of the be characters more what we'd like yeah mm -hmm. but then midnight suns boom just i think oh, this man, is a, that's what I we mean, want this is a much <laughs> bigger conversation about the streaming model in general because <laughs> yeah all of these studios <laughs> wanted to chase the netflix model and that's mm. sort of directly led to the writers and actors strike now is the AMPTP is mm -hmm. sort of, you know, this hodgepodge of old traditional studios and streamer models. Mm -hmm. Old studios haven't been able to really monetize the streaming model. And that's why Disney Plus and Bob Iger are now saying, we got to slow down. We got to figure this out. That's why Discovery tore apart hbo's brand and turned it into a hodgepodge <laughs> of fucking home improvement shows like all think, that has uh, happened you're right from the bastardization of film and tv and you yeah, know yeah. this pop culture category which people do love which i love i consider myself content. a fan yeah yeah content. Content, exactly yeah. Is, is that now marvel their vfx workers are overworked and filing to unionize how's that how's that for payoff bob Iger? Yeah, <laughs> like, like you really worked yourself into a corner. You were pushing twenty-one properties in this phase. You have to slow down now. You've also stalled work for the foreseeable future, and now you're you're jamming up the pipeline. So they've backed themselves it's into such a an unforced error. That mm -hmm. is the best term. I'm so sorry to cut you off. That is perfect. That's <laughs> yeah, the right best is. way to put it. Yeah, absolutely. It, it yeah. did not have to be this way at all. No, it, it, it did not. <laughs> no, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Uh, two quick questions to, to to wrap us up here that I want to ask you guys. Um, what would you do to fix the MCU? If you had the keys to the kingdom, if you were in charge, if they looked to you, if Bob Iger and Kevin Feige said, all right, we hear you. We we know you're upset. We know you're frustrated. But what would you do to right the ship? What what would that look like? What, what would be sort of your first step to get them back on, I guess, a better path or maybe a more familiar path of, of what we're used to compared to, to, to what we're getting now? You can go first if you know Evan. Oh, that, that is tough. One, I think we touched on a little bit. Uh, it's the format. You know, respect TV as a medium. Uh, you know, I hate to break it to you, Marvel and Marvel fans, of which I consider myself one. The fan base, we're not the BBC fan base. You know, we don't do well with the short, long miniseries, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, it's catered to the audience where we're at. Um, ease up off the fan service focus on quality storytelling give us unique storytelling um mm. i don't know i just had a weird hyper specific pitch come to mind which is like give us like a fantastic four episodic like period 60s fun tv show that's like doctor who or some shit i don't know, like do Ooh, interesting stuff i think the main mcu like continuing to to try and milk the multiverse for whatever you know gold is left in there is not working that in itself is not interesting. Give us quality stories of which the Marvel Universe has tons and tons from the source material. Mm -hmm. I would say for me, the big thing would be probably if you can't make the TV show 10 solid episodes, not five of 10 solid episodes, like 10 solid episodes, just make it a short movie or, or like a short, like a movie do three weeks give us something different the six episode format is not working and i think a lot of these projects would have really benefited from like someone being like guys this is uh, 
like an hour 45 movie. Like, let's just release it to Disney plus and people are going to love it. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I I think that only, and kind of like Evan said, you got to get your style back. Each movie used to feel unique and distinct and had a genre to it. Now they're all just kind of MCU movies and they all just kind of feel that way. Even like Thor in space felt super similar to like Ant-Man in the quantum realm. Like those two areas to me, like almost have no distinction, even though they should be like completely different. You know what I mean? So I think if you take a look critically at what needs to be a TV show and what could just be like a short uh and really focus on uh, like stylization. Give us more Eternals. Give us more Guardians of the Galaxy. You, you know, uh, Multiverse of Madness was not my favorite movie, but like the horror elements of it, give us more of that. Like I, I need more of that to maintain my interest in the MCU right now. No, certainly. I, I love those suggestions for sure. And, and And last question, you know, for you both, I guess on the more positive end of the spectrum, what are you looking forward to? What project most excites you? It could be something that's already announced. It could be something that's sort of rumored because there are a lot of like unconfirmed things that are out there. But mm-hmm. well, what would you say is like something that you're actually really, really excited about that they have coming down the pipeline? I know oh. mine. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm one to always bitch like I'm done with MCU. I can't believe this, but I have several projects I'm really excited for. So that tells you where I'm at. I'm really excited for season two of Loki. I think that is my favorite of their yeah. Disney Plus TV shows. I am very excited to see what they do with Blade. I know that's delayed, but that I think is maybe for the best. I, I love Blade, so I'm super excited for that. I am curious to see what they do with the Fantastic Four. So I'm like cautiously optimistic with that because I love the Fantastic Four. And I think a, a new fresh look into the MCU will be great. Um, I'm also excited that there was one more announced movie and now I can't remember it. Oh no, that's okay. Uh, I'm also excited for, this is like probably phase six, seven. I don't know. When are they bringing full X-Men in? I need the X-Men. So whenever that comes, I'll be excited to see what they do. Thirsty for X-Men at this point. Like we, we yeah, me too. I'm actually salivating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like I said, I, I do have a lot of things I'm excited for, despite all my, my complaints. For sure. Yeah. Evan, what about you? Uh, uh on the note of X-Men, I, I am excited to see uh the new Deadpool, which will have Hugh Jackman return. Yeah. I'll take it with a grain of salt because I bitch and complain about like having to, <laughs> you know, lean on, on fan service, but you know, I love Hugh Jackman in that role. Hopefully we'll see who, like a multiversal version of Wolverine. That means like a new casting and eventually uh, leads into the MCU version of the X-Men. Cause hmm. I love, I hope. you know, it's hit or miss as some of the Fox uh, like first class series of movies were, I, I love it as a body of work. Same. Um, uh, I forgot blade. Uh, this is where I'm at. I like don't know what's coming out. I forgot Blade was <laughs> happening. I forgot Daredevil what... too. That's the Daredevil. other one I forgot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Eternals two. I think Eternals two was announced. I bl- if I'm not mistaken, I think accidentally I... announced. But yeah, it's happening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I I love that movie. It's so different. It like uh, it, it just it, it's pushing the envelope of like what this very pigeonholed superhero genre can what people think of it at times uh 
and I think it elevates like the expectations of the viewership. So I I am mm. really looking forward to that. I really enjoyed the first one. Mm. Well, what guys, about you guys, what are you looking forward to? Give us oh, real quick before. Oh, we go. Th- throwing it back on. Oh yeah, I love that. Yeah, um, I yeah. know. <laughs> um, shit. I. <laughs> I mean, I. I don't want to low key is there like I, it's obviously, yeah. you know, right there. But <laughs> if I had to go a little bit further down the line, I think uh, I think I'm also in the um, I think I'm in the Deadpool three camp as well, because, you know, by the time we do get it, whenever it does come out, it would have been a long time since two. And I really, really like mm-hmm. two. it into kind of wonky, but I really like two a lot. And of course, Hugh Jackman and just what they could do with the whole Fox X-Men era. Like I, I think mm-hmm. I, I am a bit over the cameos and just the 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 sort of utilization of how those are you know sort of implemented in stories. Like the multiverse stuff is another conversation, of course. Just for think, Charles, <laughs> yes. Oh, please, because uh, we we need oh, a better send off for him than that. But um, I think that there's a good chance and a good opportunity there. Like when we're talking about like OG modern day superheroes, like that X Men era is it. You know, so yeah. if we can properly send them off, that can be really mm-hmm. really special. So. Deadpool three has me for sure. Um, I'm going to give like a, I guess a non in your face answer because people know how I feel about X Men and Blade and all of those things. <laughs> um, and Fantastic Four. I'll, I'll, I'll throw a Silver Surfer in there too. I'm really excited to see Ooh. whatever the heck they do with Silver Surfer. Oh, okay. Um, but I'm excited for the supernatural in general. Um, because there's so much there. We, yeah. we just we talked about Midnight Suns, but also what comes with Midnight Suns, people like Magic and, of course, Ghost Rider. And there's just so much there, I think. And and, and I think, they, again, they touched on the end of Eternals, right, with the Blade stuff. And yep. all that is up in the air. But I think when they finally get around to it, a lot of that supernatural stuff will tie into a lot of the X-Men stuff. And we'll get a lot of that stuff at the mm. same time. And I'm excited That'll for that. Fun. That relationship, I think, yeah. would be really dope if they do it the correct way. So I'm excited for the supernatural. Too. See, we complain, but there's there's some yeah. good on the horizon, and if they can correct, <laughs> it'll it'll be good. It'll be good. Oh yeah, hit or miss, I'll be watching. So yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, exactly. Like we're gonna be here. Um, yeah, we'll I'm, be I'm, here I'm, talking about it. I'm glad. I'm glad we had you guys on. I th- I think we might have fixed the MCU. I think we got there. I think yeah. we, we got some, some good concrete <laughs> responses and answers. But uh, again, two dudes watch cartoons. Evan, Alex, thank you both so much for hopping on and helping us celebrate our yeah. 200th episode of Two Black Nerds. Before we officially wrap up, I want to just you know hand over the floor to you guys. Let the people know what you got going on. Tell them about the podcast, where they can find you, all that great stuff. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, you can follow us at Two Dudes Watch Cartoons on both Instagram and TikTok. Um, You know, we post a lot of clips there, a lot of things. But yeah, if if you like any animated property, anime, cartoons, Pixar, whatever have you, come on by. We're talking about it. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Ditto. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I can agree. I love the Pokemon commentary that that, that's been going on lately. Like that's been really, really good stuff. But um, yes, once again, thank you guys again for hopping on. We'll definitely, you know, try to do this again sometime really soon and talk about something coming down the pipeline. But uh yeah, we'll catch up with you guys really soon and uh we'll be in touch. Congrats again. Thank you. Congrats on two hundred, you guys. Appreciate it. And now we are officially back. That concludes part one of our Two Black Nerds 200 
episode celebration. Man, there were a lot of conversations, a lot of a lot of really uh, opinionated thoughts about the current state of the MCU, and uh, it's it's super exciting to hear everybody and hear what they think. But man, this was uh, this was really good. What 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 can you tease out in terms of part two that people should probably look forward to? Again, as I mentioned before, we dove into all those conversations coming up in part two. We got Fantastic Frankie, we got Unqualified Heroes, we got Shauna DeAnthony, and we got the boys coming on to talk about the MCU, and we get into some really really I think. Good conversations about things. We talk about the transition to streaming and television with Disney+. Plus. We talk about the tone and the style of the MCU. We also talk about just the characters and just kind of the makeup of not having an Avengers team. What do you think people should look forward to the most as they get into part two of the, the two Black Nurse 200 celebration? Man, you know, part two, one of the, the conversations I think I really like is uh, the conversations we have with Fantastic Frankie, man, where we discuss the lack of consequences in the MCU. Mm. Is there enough? Is there enough death? I don't know. That is a question that I think. Right? (laughs) Are the stakes high enough? Are you afraid for these characters? I don't know. That's a really good conversation topic, man. And that's 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 a that's one I think uh, people should be excited for. Absolutely, I would have to agree with that. That's a really really good conversation. And and I think the 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 conversation surrounding the the state of 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 the current central figure characters the the the, the pillars so to say in the MCU that conversation with the unqualified heroes is another good one because we also speculate about who the Avengers could be like what 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 does that team even look like so definitely be on the lookout for that as I said part two is available right now on your podcast feed so go ahead and continue the celebration and continue to listen to that but ladies and gentlemen with all of that out the way that concludes part one of two black nerds 200 we want to thank you again for tuning into another podcast as i mentioned part two is available right now in your podcast feed so go ahead and finish out the rest of the celebration and that conversation and we will be back later this week because we're going to be kicking off our weekly reviews of the brand new marvel studio series loki that's right season two is upon us and i know we're both so excited loki is probably our favorite Marvel Studios television series on Disney Plus at this point. So season two, got to be excited about it. We're going to be back each and every week breaking down all of those episodes. So be on the lookout for that. But until then, we will see y'all next time. Yes, sir. We are Audi 5000. Please check out our Two Black Jedi or Two Black Sith collection at twoblacknerds.com. And remember, always bet on black. Appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Thank you for listening to part one of our four-year anniversary episode, man, of Two Black Nerds. We're with Two Black. Too nerdy. And we out, y'all. Peace. I'm out here balling. I know you're here, my sneaks. Jesus was the carpenter. Yeezy, late beats. Hobo flow the Holy Ghost. Get the hell up out your seats.